0: What's up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back to Josue. As to say, if you're new here, I am Josue, and this is what I have to say. <laughs> Today's episode, actually, before we start, I want to remind you guys to please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all the things, as it does help the podcast grow, and if you ain't growing, you're rotting. Today's episode, we're going to get real weird, so if you're one of those people that are constantly down my DMs, uh, pushing back whenever I post anything slightly out there. This is not the episode for you. Sign off or I don't know, but this this is not it. Today we're going to go down the rabbit hole. Down the rabbit hole. So the as we all know, the internet has been ablaze with truthers, thought provokers, conspiracy theorists, critical thinkers. And for today's episode, I have brought two content creators that I think are subject matter experts on these topics welcome to the podcast drew tang and cooper campbell thank you yeah thanks i'm excited it should be a fun convo here it's gonna be fun tell tell the people a little bit about who you are and your experience on the digital battlefield
1: so yeah i guess i uh i started making content in uh 2018 um on twitter and found a niche you know and it's been uh it's been a really cool journey I uh I was just thinking about this earlier today it's anytime you start something you're always starting at the same time as other people and there's a good chance that some of those people are going to be really good at it so it's it's uh for people that are just starting out definitely network and anyways I I started out with people like uh like Zuby and Solbro when when they were uh you know uh, really small for people on Twitter probably blew fuck up I yeah. remember his account when it was like small I mm-hmm. and I, he actually yeah he he That's shot a podcast idea. he shot a podcast with me in Atlanta in 2019 when I had like 3000 followers so like nice. he's yeah super nice guy but but anyways yeah so um i basically you know my niche is definitely conspiracy theory type stuff and um and yeah so uh been at it since then. Wrote a book in 2019, and then um, I'm about to finish my second one. Should be out. Uh, it's a book called? This month. American Apocalypse X is the second book. The oh. first one is just called Woke. Oh, I've seen you post it. Like American Horror Story type of like, you know, has a. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Similar vibe. It's it's got similar a, vibe. Yeah. Right. Marvel Characters has a, yeah.
2: It's, a, it's, it's cool. It'll be fun. Good shit. Coop. Uh, well, I am one of those relatively new creators. Uh, I've I've just been struggling to survive, like, you know, most everybody, I think, nowadays. Um, nah, we're thriving,
0: baby. We're thriving.
2: Yeah, thrive, thriving at the end of the world. That's where, <laughs> where we should be, all But, um, yeah, no, I I, I uh, just recently started wanting to, like, monetize my brain, um, sitting at the Kava bar with, you know, you, uh, talking with this guy, talking with a lot of people like uh, I... I have a lot to include into these conversations, and I do have a lot of useless knowledge inside of my head when it comes to these sort of really deep um, hidden truths. Let's call them. And so, uh, for me, I mean, it's it hasn't been uh, hasn't been like a a dream or goal of mine to want to uh, make it about myself, but like you know, I think we can all see the rot getting closer and closer to us, and I think that we all. If we really organize and put our our our, uh, our citizen badges on, you know, we could really, you know, retake control of our society. And so, like that's that's like my aim moving forward is to sort of use propaganda and use these the, these sort of tools that have been used against us as tools ourselves to fight back against the, the people who who own us essentially. That's so, awesome.
0: That's a great uh, yeah. mo when you're starting. You know, you're. Yeah, yeah. Digital Battlefield brand.
2: Yeah, we're going to, you know, take back the reins from our masters, give them a whip or two.
0: Speak it. So if you're a current or new listener, I mean, if you're a current listener, you've seen that I get a little out there sometimes. If you're a new listener, I don't dive that deep into the rabbit hole, but I do have, you know, I question things often and I have my theories about things. Um, For example, I have questions about the moon landing. Uh, things of that nature. So I got to talking to, to these two guys, and we, I, I thought the conversation was really enlightening. One of the first things that we kind of talked about was flat earth. So now nowadays, we I've seen the cultural shift from people before, if you mentioned flat earth, like, oh, my God, can you believe it's schizophrenic? <laughs> and now it's like, oh, come on. Like, it's toned down. Like, now you can see, like, in people's t- uh, yeah, tone of voice. To off,
2: the earth is not flat. Nobody really thinks the earth is flat here. We'll, we'll right, get,
0: Drew? We'll get there. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, no, no. We are yeah, on, no, the I so. on the same page as it. So, with the flat earth, through you guys, was kind of how I found out about flat earth, how it kind of started, mm-hmm. and how it started off through a form of propaganda by the Phoenicians. Mm-hmm. So, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, they kind of controlled the Mediterranean port, right? Where yep. other ships couldn't go out into the Atlantic. So, their propaganda was, hey... The earth is flat. If you leave the Mediterranean, you're going to fall down or just some monster eat yeah. you or some shit like that.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. Um and it's it, the Phoenicians are really it's it's kind of wild even as somebody who, you know, researched history for a living for this long, I really only found out about them in the last few years and it was because I was looking at um You know, because I'm another one of my niches is numerology, astrology, and and of course, at the core of that is is language as well. So I was looking up the origins um, of language and letters and kind of where we get our modern English alphabet, and it all um, it all goes back to what sometimes is referred to as Paleo Hebrew, but it's really uh, Phoenician and this civilization. That we refer to as Phoenicians, they didn't call themselves that. That's just
2: uh, what the Greeks called them. Even and the word phonetics, phonetics is uh, how de- you pronounce. De- derives from that, yes. Oh, so, wow. so Latin roots are. I mean, we were talking about semantics. We'll get into mm-hmm. that as well. But the the word phonetics that comes from Phoenicians because they popularized the way of sp- the way of speaking that that Latin uh, uh, the, the language used, mm-hmm. and so they they kept that title. For them, phonetics, Phoenicians. So um, what did they call? And Buenos
1: means fire, and it's uh, it's red. So they were they were known to paint themselves with red ochre paint. So that's where um, that's why they're called Phoenicians. But what's really interesting about the civilization is that. Um, you know, is so influential to the point where, you know, our modern language, like, uh, Phoenician is such a important part of what makes up our modern language. And yet we don't really talk about them. I had no idea what they were. I found out through you guys. I was like, what the fuck is a Phoenician?
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kept secret.
1: So what's really interesting about the reason we don't know about them is because, um... Because of uh, eventually they were conquered completely and taken out. So it started with Alexander the Great. He um, on his on his conquest, he sacked the city of Tyre, um, which was one of their cities, and that made after that point um, the, the Library of Alexandria became the center of knowledge in the Mediterranean because they took all the shit from Tyre, but. Um,
2: and the Phoenicians were wiped out as like a, as an authority, as like a national authority. And their, their cities or their, their colonies ended up progressing far past them and it gets to Carthage. And then we get later down in Rome, but, but the Phoenicians, they, they were wiped out before even their, their colonies, uh, which, you know, uh, makes us forget. It's like two, two, an extra layer of separation, whereas that's where the, the mm-hmm. this knowledge comes from, but it, it's. It's carried on through multiple and nationalities.
1: The key part of the Phoenician civilization, what made them so good, is because they dominated with their navy. They were the best seafaring nation um, of the ancient world. And um, to go back to this this point, this original propaganda of flat earth, was because they controlled Carthage, which is at, so you imagine the Mediterranean Sea, going out into the Atlantic Ocean. Right. They controlled the, the exit point. Strait of Gibraltar. And um exactly. So
2: between Spain and the tip of it, the Horn of Africa right there is where it's this small little like relative look on a map it's really small. It's a choke point, but the Atlantic's there and then the Mediterranean is boxed in by this choke point.
0: So yeah, you control that, you control trade, well you control you well, mm-hmm.
2: well, m- you control the frontier. Right. So they didn't want right, anybody else wandering out into you know, where the, where, where your money's made, mm. which is, you know, you, you go, you go out to the places and then we get in like Atlantis and talk about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: it's another, that's how um, Plato where we get the account of Atlantis is, he says it's outside of the pillars of Hercules or the Straits of Gibraltar. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so they basically, they use that. The whole reason they use that propaganda campaign was to make sure that none of the other civilizations you know, tried to go through them because they controlled it anyways. They just didn't want people constantly, you know, trying to go through. And I believe there was uh, the, the one of the first historians who figured it out. Um, the Carthage was out on some, their Navy was gone. So he passed through and he's like, whoa, I didn't fall off the side of the earth. Um, but this, what's really interesting here is, is that, um, you know, our modern perception of the new world, what we call the new world, um, and the idea that Christopher Columbus was the first one to go there and trade. Because of what we know about the Phoenicians now and some of the new archaeological evidence in the new world, um, it looks like these guys were trading with the peoples of North and South America way, way, way earlier, really? and they were lying to the rest of the Mediterranean in order to control those ports of trade, and what's really interesting, the, the one biggest thing you can point to is, is people talk about uh, the Bronze Age is a really fascinating era of history, mm. and of course, dominated by these Phoenicians and their, you know, their various off, um, offshoots, but what's really um, fascinating is that the amount of copper that would be necessary to create all the bronze tools in Europe and the Mediterranean yeah, during that time there's no there's so no mines copper. that we can point to in the area that had been extracted. Uh, or you know so could have been mined. To, to to know, so they great. were
0: imported they had to have been well yeah we've also
2: tested it um i can't i can't remember but the, i think it comes from like uh, michigan um uh, some uh, a lot of this bronze or a lot of this uh, copper that was used to make the bronze comes from michigan yeah like, well uh, yeah ohio what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. well so, so that's that's like direct evidence that mm. correlates the two in the new the new world oh, and, was passage that was yeah. passed and then and
1: yeah, I don't know about the the testing of it. As far as I'm, as far as I know, the main thing that points to it being from Michigan is just the fact that there's um, hundreds of tons of copper missing from a mine in um, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and basically there's no. So we have in Michigan in the New World, we have a bunch of copper missing and no copper artifacts, and then over in Europe in the Mediterranean. We have a bunch of uh, bronze artifacts, but nowhere that the copper came from. So, so yeah, that's basically the whole concept um, that we we're talking about is basically it's propaganda a- to gatekeep... Um,
0: new frontiers and and shit. Like right. So it's crazy how an old school propaganda like the flat Earth invented by the Phoenicians still is making rounds. Fucking well, thousands it, gets of, it gets retold. It gets retold. It's a story so that gets retold. And
2: what's interesting about that that little bit of propaganda is likely these other nation states that existed in the Mediterranean, or at least their elite or their oligarchy, the, um, the, you know, the top of their little uh, micro economy within mm. the grander economy of the the uh, Mediterranean civilizations. They likely knew or had the wherewithal to make sense that no, the earth is not flat, and we could go through the Strait of Gibraltar. The, the propaganda is not meant for the top. It's meant for the pop, you know, the plebeians, the population. The it's, so, so the people, the people that that make up the economy, who who um, produce the GDP for these nations, they they have like the sort of freedom to go about and you know do things for themselves and then they bring that income back in it gets taxed through whatever monarchy they they um, exist in but that's what the propaganda was for so that these regular people don't go out and, and then the navy, they don't have to spend a ton of money enforcing a navy to, keep to watch the this to keep the masses altar. down right yeah. and so that that's that's really like the and also, that story gets retold throughout history, retold, retold, retold. It becomes a wives' tale, and and you know you get you get the earth is flat. And uh, I, I remember hearing when I was a kid that they they told the people the earth was flat out of petty or, or pettiness, like uh, the queen didn't want to be wrong or something like that. And that's just you know it's just nonsense.
0: The queen was a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know the astrology as much as him. But they're, they're petty. I'm, as I'm assuming they're, they're petty as fuck. It. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it's clear as day that propaganda has not died out. You know, Russia is one of the nations that is known for, you know, propaganda, communist states, Cuba. Well, that's the propaganda, though, right? The propaganda it's, is it's that a, they, they <laughs> peddle propaganda. <laughs> don't believe anything they say. Correct. So that's propaganda. So it's funny to think that other nations don't exactly exhibit the same practices, right? It's funny. Uh, sometime last year, I saw this TikTok, and it was this German girl, and she was saying how she brought up a, a book. She was like, this is a book from our high school and we learn about American propaganda in our mm-hmm. high school. And in America, the word American propaganda, at least at the time, was never even like, those two things were never put together, right? America doesn't have propaganda, or at least you would never think. <laughs> and then in Germany, it's part of their curriculum in high school, the way that we learn about Russian propaganda, like, and propaganda in, in, in high school, the same way. So with that being said, and seeing the state of the Republic I think more and more people are, you know, opening their minds up that there could be propaganda in the United States. Kind of piggybacking off that flat Earth stuff, in my opinion, I want to see what you guys think. I have my questions about the moon landing. I know you believe that we actually went to the moon. I think you don't believe we went to the moon. Am I incorrect? I don't think we went there in rockets. okay. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't think that rockets this, are the, the Miami audience one, is, one, is just like this one took me for a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's
1: the that's the funniest part about these about these various propaganda campaigns is is what you'll find in, you know, um if you spend enough time in the in the spheres you start to see that people will make conspiracy theories to cover their ass on the real conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theory. So for instance hmm. when you're talking about um you know, when you're talking about uh, flat Earth uh, with the Phoenicians, okay, the the conspiracy theory was, oh, it's it's a flat Earth, whatever, um, so you're going to fall off the side. But in reality, what they were hiding was, I'm sure some people had the conspiracy theory, oh, there there might be land outside of the straits. They they're probably just hiding it from us. It's made those of gold. people, those people were probably called pro- or uh, conspiracy theorists at the time, thinking, right. oh, there could be a new world beyond the. Uh, Beyond the Straits. Yeah, That's so
0: crazy. Or a leper. Um, they might have called him a leper. Who knows uh, the language. So, so what
1: would what would you be subject in Florida right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So
0: what would be the end game then of the U.S. Uh, putting propaganda out there that we... Or faking that we went to the moon in a rocket or okay. didn't go or whatever? So we this has War. been... It was...
1: <clears throat> because of the space age, we transformed fundamentally as a, as a Western civilization. Prior to, prior to the space age, we were, you know, primarily a religious and Christian, um, nation and really, you know, Western civilization as a whole. Um, what followed from the space age, from the spectacle of seeing man go to space was a worship of science. It became, okay, why do I need to believe in a, in a God or whatever? If, if we're going to space, man is now, you know, there was a certain level of man is advanced past the need for, um, of a God. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's, and there is the propaganda that went in to get people to accept this was pretty intense. It just to give you a, um, just give you a, a kind of idea of, of how fast this went, we went in ten years, they were able to, you know, go from zero to a hundred on the moon. And there's even inside NASA red um, flag
0: number one, yeah.
1: Even inside NASA, people are like, yo, this is not gonna work. We don't have the we don't have the technology. The Russians <clears> who <throat> logged, you know, a hundred times more hours than we had um, at one point, they weren't they still have never gone to the moon and the only missions ever to go outside of flow Earth orbit and supposedly pass the van allen radiation belt which is a a belt of extreme
2: radiation where um outside 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 the the magnetic field yeah so the solar radiation is like um 40 times uh what it is like right inside of it
0: okay so
1: to get through that you'd need an intense amount of shielding which would be extremely heavy so that's where you run into the problem with rockets, is because you can't. A rocket needs to be as light as possible to to get the most out of its fuel. So to put enough protection on the tip of the rocket, it's just it's just not feasible to break. Um, and also for every
2: pound of so for every pound you have to have a pound extra of fuel, and for that pound of fuel you need another pound of fuel. So it it becomes a an exponential weight, yeah. um, problem to solve. To get like so, like, even we just saw the, the SpaceX, um, Elon Musk la- launched the biggest rocket ever launched, and it, it, I mean, it so launched, we'll, but it we'll failed. Get,
0: we'll get to that, I don't want to get there yet. I just, I'm just
2: talking about the sheer size of, of what you need to, what he's talking about to so
0: actually break, but so then no one questions this, like, they don't address They just
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So, so,
1: so we went in 10 years, you know, m- m- you know, magically pulled it off, and in that time, it was Kennedy who started off the space race. So you have this very popular president. He says, "We're going to the moon. Not we do things not because they're easy, but because they're hard." Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopes were high in America, and uh, you know, people were were feeling optimistic. And then JFK gets murdered, and suddenly the people at the time they're already distrusting of the government and. To see him killed, and then um, the guy who assassinated him. Uh, you know, people right now we like to think, oh, you know, uh, it's just conspiracy theorists think that JFK was assassinated by the CIA. Which, by the way, they still uh, Biden just announced that he will not be releasing Illegally. any any further. Illegally. I saw but, that. Yeah, I saw
0: that because he, he was supposed yeah. to.
2: Meanwhile, he, he went against. And it. Trump was supposed to too. His nephew is running for for president. And he doesn't get
0: uh, secret service protection, right? Robert so, Kennedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, And even JFK to to the Jr.
2: The conspiracy, you have to get through all these other conspiracies.
0: And JFK call, uh, junior calls it
1: out. He said, well, it. Yeah. well, he, he, yeah, he sent a letter famously. Um, I believe in, uh, 94, uh, he sent a letter to, uh, then Senator Joe Biden and, and called him a traitor. Um, <laughs> and that's in the, you know, that's a declassified FBI document that you can look up. But um, of their time, those Kennedys. long story short, the when Kennedy died after starting the space race, um, morale was extremely low. Then they started, you know, pretty shortly after they got involved in Vietnam, which was one of the things that um, JFK had. He was a bulwark against and, and prevented from happening. Um, so suddenly you're back at war again. You're feeling oppressed. But there's one cool aspect uh, that gives you hope. And that's the A that's rocket. the Kennedy Space Center. What's going on at the Kennedy Space Center renamed after um, after got, his dad just got killed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after <laughs> so six years later after he dies, um, we take off and we land on the moon. And the willingness for people to believe that was extremely high given that, you know, it was there was psychological trauma. And then there was a, such a high, such so a they, monumental achievement um, for man. And it's a, that that concept is um, it's a method of rule that goes back to ancient Egypt. And it's if you ever seen the pharaoh um, or a uh, a uh, sarcophagus where the pharaoh is holding a crook and a flail. Correct. The crook is to bring in the sheep, and the flail is to beat away the the wolves. Or you could also beat the sheep too. So. <laughs> So you effective rule is you need to not only be enticing and nice, but you need, to be, you need to be aggressive and disciplinary as well. Carrot and the stick. So, yeah, it's a good cop, bad cop. So you beat them with the flail. You kill their, you kill their king, and then you hook them in with this new narrative of space travel. And it increases morale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Increases morale, and, and, uh, and especially when you name it after them. Um so that is uh on a psychological level on a propaganda level that's what was going on um on the
2: you know on the surface the of social, the moon landing the social aspect of it from the perspective of the people at least
1: mm-hmm. and but there are some very suspicious things as far as in NASA James Webb who is running NASA up until the year before the moon landing he quits and why else would you quit if you thought you were finally going to get your crowning achievement and you just up and leave? Um, and which is funny because we just launched our new space telescope is uh, James Webb. It's, it's named after him.
0: Nice. But, yeah. Uh, it,
1: and so recently, well, last year, we had the Artemis rocket launch off um and do, I so believe like, they said... The SLS, before, before right? We, the Ar- the
0: Artemis is the new before space Before we get there, you did mention that you don't think we got... You, you believe we got to the moon, but you don't believe we got there by rocket, so... I don't
1: I don't know if we got to the moon, but I know for sure it wasn't with rockets. Okay, so how would... Do you... I don't know. So this is... When I was talking about earlier about the... Um, what is it called? Um, it's called... Uh, a distraction, it's called a Psy um, Psyop. Psyop. Basically you're you're misleading people. It's the same thing that a magician does yeah, where the they a re- hand. Where yeah. they redirect your attention so that you don't see what they're doing isn't actually magic. Gotcha. But because your attention is somewhere else, you don't they're notice, able to you don't notice to operate what they're actually doing in the background. So um, So what the distraction there was was okay. Everybody, look at these rockets. This is the best technology we can get. Space travel; it's only accessible by spending hundreds of millions, billions of A dollars. Huge rocket yeah. for this small little thing. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, that's the only way to do it. Blah blah blah. Um, and if you notice, you know, there's no other technology where we've regressed after 50 years. You know, 1969, we went to the moon, but right now we still can't... Our Artemis rocket has been... which Artemis moon mission has been pushed back continuously. It was
0: supposed to be... You know, twenty fourteen. That's my was bi- under Obama. I that's think my that biggest red flag is the fact that we've never gone back, and then they claim to have lost the technology or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how does that? They make actually they deleted it? all of their archives, which is insane. That's that's like how are these? How do you listen to that? And you're like, oh well, you know, something must have happened. For yeah. for
2: me, I I don't know. uh Like, it's hard to argue against that. There's sneaky. Sh- you know, shit going on. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And that's where, like, you know, the realist in me takes, like, a, a you know, looks at it and goes, "I don't know about this." Um, the reason why I believe in it, honestly, is because of the propaganda, because it is so feel good. I'm a little bit of a flag waver at time, at times. And and there was so much put into the program, so like. Yeah, we did get there in ten years. Well, really, was it was less than that? It was eight. Uh, he announced in nineteen sixty one. You know, let's go to the moon. Not because it's easy, because it's hard. But um, and then in sixty nine, we landed uh, Apollo eleven, and then we we went to the moon eight times. Um, but there was so much uh, technology that was actually given to the people um, from from. Like that goal of trying to get to the moon, Mm. Um, so there is like actual uh, evidence that we we went there. We can actually you can uh, they do it all the time. You can uh, you can ping. um, They (coughs) they put a uh, uh, it's like an octagonal um, uh, disc uh, on the the Sea of Tranquility where they landed Mm -hmm. um, that you can actually ping with a laser. Um, You could do that with a all of all of the okay true uh there 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 is there is like there is anti-explanations and pro explanations to to all of this stuff um i i i just personally you know i think we went to the moon but i'm not not opposed
0: why do you think that way even if you do question all these red flags or inconsistencies um what keeps you saying oh we we did
2: well i think i think it it makes sense. And if it is a story that they whipped up prop for, for propaganda or for show, I think it's a damn good story. Um, and I don't see how you break out of that story. Um, so how also, do we, how do we also re- all these sort of <clears throat> explanations that, you know, um, a little bit with like the flat earth. So there's been there's a lot of Netflix documentaries and it's like a, ne- a flat earther that's going to disprove the, uh, the earth is round. Right. And then he ends up proving the earth is flat, you know, through, through his nonsensical rigmarole that he does to, to get to there. Um, but like, you know, I've I've seen a lot of moon landing stuff, and it's like, oh well, there's no stars in space, or oh look, here's a picture of an astronaut's footprint on the moon, and um, there can't be a footprint in yeah, space. Well, the and, 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 or, or, or the sort flag of. waving, the flag waving, and all of these ha- have explanations. When when you take a, a photo on the moon, there's not going to be stars because the exposure is is so long, and you have radiation coming from the sun that's blinding out the mm. the stars, or um, with the footprint. Um, Yes, in a vacuum, uh, without moisture, you will leave a footprint because you're in a vacuum. So there is explanations to all of these things, Um, but at the same time, there is so much shadiness. So I am
0: totally willing to take a look at it and be like, "Hey, good." I feel like there's there's no. I feel like most people should think that way. You know, even if you do like believe whatever your belief is, you should have an open. Mind, and yeah, and, and, the the and belief, for, if the belief the is so
2: weak that it can, uh, it has to, it has to be, um, uh, like you can't, it doesn't hold up, correct, under any scrutiny, then, then it's probably not something well, worth believing. You in. mentioned
0: earlier the rockets, um, require certain, uh, stru- uh, not structuring, but barriers or whatever to break the field, yeah, uh, shielding, oh, okay, so for the, the radiation, correct, astronauts So then, out. how would so I uh, I I haven't
2: seen like I haven't seen like um I'm going to say the word legitimate science, which is funny, um, but I haven't seen <laughs> yeah. like legitimate no, like scientific in, explanations. In 2023, legitimate science should <laughs> be yeah, right. thing. I haven't seen like, you know, uh, l- legit, uh, legitimate scientific explanations um, about uh, the, the thickness of lead in which you would need to protect yourself from um, the, the, the solar radiation that's in between Earth and, and the Moon, or just really outside of the magnetic field of the Earth. But just look intuitively looking at it, uh, I, I don't think the thickness of a material would necessarily play that much of a role when you're talking about um, like solar radiation. Uh, but again this is all under the same lens uh, as the same science that they want us to believe in like it's a secular religion right, right. so you have to you
0: science have to, cult you cult. Have to We're really not rocket zoom out scientists. you have to re- no. <laughs> yeah uh,
2: the the appeal to authority in modern times is really bad as well um, but you have to really zoom out when you look at all of this stuff and try and take your perspective uh, like completely blank uh, um even even from like a scientific like the scientific method is useful, but the scientific method is also their secular religious method. So you know you have to use your own intuition and you have to you have to think you and criti- think critically critical thing, right. and you can't you can't be afraid like I, I see you see this all the time now there's like you know the Washington Post or. Or ABC, they put out some, you know, hey, don't, don't uh, do your own research, or, and it's like so that, stupid. that's that's like the scariest the sort of propaganda. Is, is convincing somebody
0: who's not stupid to be stupid. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, well, because they want you stupid. Yeah. So then, that's with dumb. with the rockets and the propaganda at the time. Oh, he thinks UFOs. By the way, it's long winded. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. So, Wait,
1: so that's the misdirection.
2: <laughs> not that saying Is that not, we got there not with rockets? We got there with, with UFOs. So, yeah
1: yeah so um so the idea is there um that at that at that critical point of world war ii where we you know from the 19 you know from the early 1900s to 1940 we got suddenly got everything we got you know, flight. Electricity, flight.
0: That's a really good point. Um, Technology boomed.
1: We we went insane. And, and people are, you know, people at the time were, were coming up with the ideas of like Jetsons type shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we fought flying cars, floating cities yeah, and remember shit. remember those
0: cartoons from the 50s with all the futuristic, oh. like the house of the future We couldn't have that. Yeah. Right now. yeah. Well, and that's
1: actually, that's funny because um, there is a, a group called Plus Ultra that was uh, Nikola Tesla was a part of and... Um, and Donald Trump's uncle, um, who got all of Tesla's research after he died, the FBI gave it to um, his uncle. Um, Why would they do that? They were, well, they would have him, they had him look through it for, um, mainly they were looking through it to try and find this death ray that mm-hmm. Tesla was shopping around to different governments during but World
0: who, War One. But who was the uncle? What Did he, what, did he have acclamations? or Yeah, yeah, he, yeah,
1: some... he was the MIT professor, um, oh, okay. Dr. John Trump. and um, That was my... He, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a public figure. You look him up and, uh, yeah, he did a lot of, he was mainly in x-rays. Um, and he was, yeah, he was the one, some, for some reason, he was the one that the FBI chose to give the, uh, Tesla's research after he died. So what I was saying there is there is this rapid, rapid and exponential growth in technology, um, that we experienced, um, at that turn of the century going, you know, from the, in the 20th century, Um, But then it stopped. We completely, well, in terms of physical stuff, travel, you know, uh, transportation, basically we, everything to do with that basically stayed exclusively oil-based. Everything had to still use oil, which was important because that's what our whole world order is based off of right now. The U.S. dollar, after going off the gold standard under Nixon, at the, conveniently, Nixon was in office uh during the um during the moon landing people forget that because he's such a you know now disgraced president because of the impeachment shit and Watergate water um but he was the one on the phone on the landline connected
0: to Apollo 11 um talking oh, to Oh right the, yeah uh, well that's another thing when i saw it i was like well, how does he talk he's talking through a landline to Buzz Aldrin, whatever the fuck well, his name was. I mean, so I'm that, sure there's that, an yeah, explanation, yeah. but
1: I, I'll just finish well, my point just, real that's, quick. That's, that's like, like the, the
0: least, the least concerning right, well, part I, of the conspiracy. If we're today.
1: talking about So the idea is, though, that. That red telephone can do anything, <laughs> got the best reception, <laughs> and it's free. Everything that Nikola Tesla came up with, AC power, AC power, radio, remote control, which a bunch of people stole. You know, the, the credit for a lot of those things, he was just completely robbed and he died penniless. But at one point they cut him off when he started to look into alternative ways of producing energy. Um, it was mainly at his, um, he built, I believe it's pronounced uh, like uh tower in New York, but it's, uh, he built a tower in New York that he told JP Morgan, who was his primary funder, he said it was going That's to be right. for communication. But then he revealed later that, oh, actually, I'm trying to tap into the Earth's electromagnetic field and use that, um, use the Earth as my conductor and the atmosphere. um, For free energy. Yeah, for free energy. So wireless energy transfer. Um, which, you know, we have wireless charging now, mm-hmm. but it, you still have to be in contact with, with it. With a patio. Mm-hmm. So what he was talking about then was, and, you know, I guess he never achieved it technically. Um, there is a tower in Texas that um, I believe it was a university research project that they were trying to replicate it. And I believe, the, I think they ran out of money, but I did go see it. And I was just trying to take it. It's just in the middle of a field. You can see it from the highway in between... Um, in between Austin and uh, Dallas. It's but, just like
0: an abandoned tower, like just like a monument. Oh, it's, it's
1: Well, it wasn't abandoned at the
0: time. No, I mean, not currently. Oh, Obviously no, no, no. Time. They destroyed that shit immediately. They oh. they wiped out all of. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Um, I even went to, because I was, I went just to. Like Carthage. I went to the New Yorker Hotel where Nikola Tesla died on the 33rd floor. Um, I went to. Uh, I also went to his, the site of his lab in Colorado Springs, um, and they don't even know where it was. They destroyed it so quickly and like sold it for scrap so quickly that they don't even know where that um, laboratory was. And that was his laboratory in Colorado Springs is where he claimed to have made contact with Martians in 1901. Um, he was setting up, he was experimenting with these different radio towers and shit, and he said he was receiving signals from Mars, which he believed was from Mars, but, you know, it could have been from anywhere, technically, I mm. guess. But, um, but the, yeah, there's a newspaper headline, I believe it's like the Colorado Springs Gazette, 1901, and it's, of, uh, it's saying Tesla contacts other worlds. Um, and actually now published wow. Colorado Springs wow. right at the Colorado Springs is right at the base of um, Cheyenne Mountain. Mm. And Cheyenne Mountain is What's the headquarters a, a of the US
2: Space Force. Or no, it's um NORAD. Yeah,
1: yeah NORAD and oh, the right. US Space Force. Yeah. And they literally um
2: and NORAD is what, by the way, NORAD tracks like um, the, throughout the entire Santa world. Santa Yeah, so <laughs> that's what that's what NORAD's for. It's where your tax dollars are going. Um, but but no, it tracks our like any, scholars, any, anything in the atmosphere. Our so tax it's like, dollars have gone to worse. Right. It's it's like a global. Um, like uh, I mean, GPS is given given to the world for free by the government. So you know you're getting your money's worth there as well. <laughs> Um, but, but NORAD, um, it's like, so it was designed to track like incoming Soviet threats. Um, like, so if there was a bombing fleet uh, coming in to wipe out, uh, Alaska or well, what's like, it
0: used for now? I mean, probably the same thing. No, part. no, it's like, it's it's usually used for the same borders. thing. It's yeah. the headquarters of the U S space force. Uh, oh, is it now yeah, too?
2: It is, okay, yeah. cool. Um, well, uh, either, either way, but, um, um, I almost said Musk, uh, uh Tesla, Tesla, he he had this idea, and he probably didn't mean it literally. But um, you know, he was thinking in terms of radio. He invented the radio. He was thinking in terms of um, wireless energy transfer. So to be able to like, maybe not free energy, but even you could like send like power from this device to that device far away through like a radio signal. Like, oh, it's looking to catch that. Um, and he had this idea. That uh, all of his ideas, which came to him um, so naturally, um, including alternated current or AC versus direct current, which is Edison. You know, this is a whole fight, f- fascinating to get into in itself. But he he got this idea like that, and he he had this idea that angels were sending him musings or ideas from heaven. Um, and so, uh, it's it's not surprising that he was uh, supposedly in contact with. Other, know, beings, uh, other, other beings. Other yeah. um, he, he probably had he probably had knowledge. I mean, they destroyed everything so quickly. The the people who are in charge, they do that to people who who challenge threat, them, or a threat, uh, or or, or, the system, it's, or it's, it's always to a lot the simpler. Way things are. Um, to, uh, Occam's Razor is the idea that the simplest uh the simplest answer is often correct. So, you, uh, Occam's Razor is a very important tool to like distinguish. What's most likely the case when it comes to a lot of this conspiratorial stuff, and the reason why they tore this down so quickly is because he threatened them. He threatened them from day one. They allowed, as Edison, to get away with stealing his ideas through the patent office. And this is like, you know, the the fascistic part of of the the corporate fascistic superstructure. These oligarchs who who um, marry themselves. Uh, for for economic advantage to people who are within the, the deep state itself, or the people are in the deep state. Um, so same with what he's talking about. We needed we need oil for everything. It's because oil's around the world for so long, and these people are so rich that they're not even named on any government database. Right. They own, they own the government. The Saudis, right now, own forty two percent of the global oil reserve. They are the richest people on the planet, bar none. They, uh, when the Saudis, you know, they go, they go to uh, any country. Uh, forget, forget being uh, uh, diplomatically immune. They can do whatever they want, and they don't get any problems because it would be such an issue to arrest a Saudi royal prince. Because like it's, they it's would po- get cut the level off.
0: Level of power they have. Yeah. Yes.
2: So, so with what he's talking about, uh, we always needed oil. It's a very simple explanation. The people in charge. They don't want to get rid of. They don't want to sell off their interest in getting that dollar, and therefore we're going to stay America on oil. Stays the same, and and um, you can get into Roswell. And the reason, you know, the reason why uh, the reason why he's talking about we didn't get to the moon with a rocket is because all of these technologies. And by the way, the Nazis prior to World War II, the Nazis they were running around the globe like picking up every rock, they were in the Himalayas, they were in India, Indiana they were in Jones, Africa,
1: they were... The whole concept of Indiana Jones, what you see in those George Lucas movies is is what was actually going on. The Nazis were actually traveling the world looking for ancient advanced artifacts.
2: And then and then, the, or coincidentally, as soon as war starts up and Germany or the Third Reich is threatened, they are suddenly producing uh, uh, wonder weapons, you know, wonder weapons, which are uh, weapons of mass destruction or weapons capable of uh, having a force multiplier on the battlefield. Um, and and this is all through to technology. So the idea is is pretty simple, is that they they did, they found things when they were going out in these made, archaeological digs. And, they their and they're scientists, not that they were visited by aliens or... or no, they just found you know stuff, they, yeah. they found things that were long, long forgotten, secret technologies, uh, even going back to when we started talking about... Um, uh, the New World, uh, you know, there's the Younger Dryas Impact Theory. You can look that up. It's basically that there was a prior civilization, advanced like, advanced like us, but in a different way. Um, and, and who knows what sort of technology was, was uncovered, mm-hmm. but that technology, just like with the, at, the, at the beginning with the Phoenicians saying, hey, the world is flat— even if there's interest here and interest here and these interests don't align, they're gonna keep that lie going because oh, why would you disclose it? What benefit right. does
0: that bring you to zero?
2: Right. So so when we talk about like raw so after World War II, you get Raw as well, it's nineteen forty seven. Um, and that's like a flying saucer crashes in New Mexico. Yeah, and and since then, the United States is people have been well, really the world have we've been fascinated with this idea of aliens, aliens and, and extraterrestrial um, objects or UFOs. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea to to just put it concisely is that if 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 we did go, I'll let you <laughs> I'll let you say your own bet.
1: Yeah, so that's no the 1947. Getting to 1947 is. Um, it's the uh it's the most important year um for all of this so mm. so when i was talking about misdirection again before um you know there's they want you to focus on certain things they want you to think that rockets are the only way for space travel or you know rockets are the most advanced technology you want to be a rocket scientist that's what you want to do if you have high hopes it's to be a top of the totem pole you know yeah to be to be the best a you want to, you want to go literal totem pole you want to go work for nasa um and you know all these Tesla technologies that they suppressed, um, where you know we basically flatlined, flatlined um, technologically. You know we do have really cool things like fucking foldable screens, and um, cool. and all this shit. It's really cool for seven ninety nine ninety nine. We <laughs> went, um, you know, we went micro instead of um, you know macro. Um, so anything to do with. Um, with energy, we basically completely stopped, and now they're even nuclear
0: is actually pretty awesome, but now they're reneging on that as well. Well, because you're advancing kind of like the individual, the consumer. You're not mm-hmm. advancing the race or the collective. Yeah, and, no, you're, no, not, no, no. and you're, you're not, and you're not advancing more well for them. the
2: owners' wallets. Well, right, but I that's, mean, like, that, on that's the, 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 the that's the whole point is that it's it's it makes them money, and and if new nu- because nuclear energy, like they talk negatively about nuclear energy, but. If if you like do up all the numbers, it, like uh, nuclear energy kills less people per like w- kilowatt produced than anything else, even with all the disaster with Chernobyl, with Fukushima, mm-hmm. with all of these things. So, and
1: windmills and all this other shit is, is completely useless. Um, <laughs> it kills but, the birds. <laughs> but yeah, so the the nineteen nineteen forty seven though to get back to that, um, the misdirection that everything we saw with, with NASA and rockets and we haven't gone back in 50 years and Artemis is still pussyfooting around, um, is because they want is the new uh, moon rocket yes. for those that don't. So uh, Apollo, new, new Apollo. Apollo, Apollo is Apollo is the sun God. That was what we did originally. And Apollo again, the Apollo missions are the only human missions ever to take humans beyond the Van Allen radiation belt. The only ones, um, Apollo is a, uh, the sun God. And then his Artemis is the moon God sister um of of apollo but all this misdirection is to keep you from wondering you know if there's better ways of travel which we you know basically have again you know we're basically still running model t's um except for <laughs> tesla except for except for uh except for tesla yeah That's except so for funny, literally yeah. <laughs> Nikola tesla is the only the only advancement but um so here's the deal: 1947, um, the war's ended, but we're still trying to track down um, Nazis because thousands and thousands of Nazis unaccounted for. So, and Nazis, they perfected; they're extremely good at submarines. So they have a ton of submarines. They can, you know, go under the water. They can leave, you know, they can basically undetectable, hide. and they can yeah. go all around the world. Um, so, and as far as what's been actually documented. They, um, you know, there's documented cases of Nazi submarines washing up on the shores of Argentina.
0: They weren't using Logitech controllers, I don't think. No, no, they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't blow up. But yeah, the Titanic. It's oh, wireless, that's
2: a, also. Edison uh, wouldn't have
1: liked that. That's a whole other uh, conspiracy theory in itself. Um, they also did have, um, they did have New Schwabenland, their settlement in Antarctica, which is you know right next to Argentina. The Nazis. Yes, the Nazis. Yeah. So and in Antarctica, this is another scientific fact, you know, people think of it as a complete ice wasteland and like the shorelines like it's ridiculously high. It's like you, you roll up to it at points and it's just a complete ice wall. But what happens is there is geothermal vents that create these warm air pockets underneath the ice. They melt the ice and then have warm water. And basically ecosystems where bacteria and and other um, living things can thrive. So, but of course, you know, they're underneath the ice and, uh, you know, undetectable from flying over or whatever. Um, So there is a expedition in February of 1947 uh, led by Admiral Byrd. It's a scientific expedition called Operation High Jump. Is that
0: the inner Earth thing? The, it's just
1: the, well, that that that's going, the that's oh. the spin. That's
0: the spin. <laughs> okay.
1: But they're the just looking purely at the facts of what we know for sure, he says it's a scientific expedition, and yet he brings five thousand troops, oh, aircraft carriers, fleets of planes, and um, and yeah. So it's clearly you know he says it's Military a scientific case, expedition. Yeah. It's clearly not. Um. So he goes there, goes on the expedition. But the expedition ends early for Whatever non reason. you know non-disclosed reasons, or I'm, I'm sure they have an excuse. But it ends early; they come back early. Um, on his on his way back, he gives one he gives one interview. I believe either in Argentina or Argentina, <laughs> well, Chile <laughs> yeah. or, or Argentina. I forget yeah, one which one it was. But he gives one he gives one interview to a local um, newspaper, and he says. Um, In this age, we have to worry about, like, America is no longer safe just because there's an ocean in between us. There's advanced technology where you can fly around the world in, um, you know, in just a couple of minutes or whatever. That's the the gist of his interview. When he gets back, um, so that that was February of 1947.
0: And that... that discovery or that claim that he made was from his trip to antarctica yeah so he found something there that made him yeah so the
1: idea is um you know the theory is that he went there he went there to attack and flush out the nazi um settlement there and it's you know like i said they're all over chile and argentina the Mm -hmm. nazis which is there's actually a lot of evidence that shows um that hitler himself escaped there's a whole history channel that uh Series that goes through all the evidence and it's Pretty pretty compelling That um that he did Actually escape and die there
0: But any argentinians with no family history Before 1950 or sus Oh yeah 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 or yeah um
1: Yeah it's so funny because it's just Like there's so many um italians And germans um And various south american countries And you just gotta wonder why but um So They're great at marching though they uh So anyways, that's 1947. Basically, the idea is UFOs pop out and whoop his ass. Um, So he comes back, and then in June of that year is when Roswell happens. So Roswell happens. There's reports of a flying saucer um, down in Roswell, New Mexico. And then all of a sudden, the story changes, and the military comes out, cleans everything up. And then suddenly, oh, it was... Now it's uh, a weather balloon. Yeah. No, weather balloon. Or I think they, I think no, they changed it later. like 20 times
2: yeah. in between UFO and weather balloon. Mm. But mm-hmm. but it, the, the point is is that there was a newspaper published, UFO, Man finds UFO or uh, sees UFO crash. I, fr- I forget what it was. But by, by the end of it, by the end of this game of telephone, you get that it was, oh, it's just a weather balloon. Oh, those military guys, they were just out here for
0: yeah. what reason?
2: You know, why was that? Why was everything shut down? Why was it treated like a um, um, like a chemical disaster where, you know, it's all quarantined mm-hmm. off? Um, but the, the the idea, the idea with 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 all of this, this propaganda, it, it's all that it, it's it's being it's hiding what they don't want to reveal because it would be. The, antith- uh, the, the antithesis of what their goal is, and their goal is is to keep their position on the top, and they do that through economic might, and they do that with and ultimately us a be monopoly cheap. on knowledge. Mon- yeah, monopoly on knowledge uh, and the technology. If they if they release something with free energy, now you don't have to work as hard. Now you don't got to keep. Right. Now you have time to go research things for yourself, and you don't have to just toe the company line and accept. That, uh, hey, the uh, the vaccine is good for you. Well, after it's a all.
0: form of control and it's a form of also making millions and millions of dollars. Right.
2: Yeah, it's simultaneous. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, you know, like in chess, you, sh- you should move your queen to uh, a square in which it does two things at once, right? So, like anything that's like syner- uh, synergizes well and does two things at once, it's like
0: literally twice as powerful. So, essentially, The the bottom line is that these things are distractions to kind of keep the masses down. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll just
1: finish real quick in 1947. So you had that in June, and then three short months later, both the CIA and the Air Force are founded. Mm-hmm oh and shake Get it was basically out. to compartmentalize the information so when people talk about how do you keep well on paper what was the
2: excuse like it, it was because they
1: some undisclosed reason just well you
2: know. the, the the cia was it, it existed before it was actually called the ss or the or uh, the oss was, or yeah. the oss um, oh i didn't know that um well i forget what it stands for C- something secret Serv- service or something yeah um but uh, uh, it was just rebranded as the CIA. CIA, and that was that was because of the Soviet threat. And the Soviets, they got the bomb in forty seven as well, Office or forty eight. Strategic Services, yeah, uh, it was. Off, yeah, Strategic Services. Um, but um, the, the they got rebranded for, for that reason. Um, but the air, it was the Air Force, not it was the Army Air Force before. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it became its own branch to compartmentalize. So when people, the important part about compartmentalization is when people ask, okay, if these things happened, how did they keep them a secret? Like, for instance, if NASA was producing rockets that couldn't possibly make it to the moon, actually, um, then how do they get away with it? And how you get away with it is you keep everybody on a need-to-know basis. Each person is just building one part of the rocket. Hmm. So they don't know the overall, they don't know the details of, of the entire thing. So they never get a full picture to figure out what's actually going on. And this was the same operational um, security that they were running during the Manhattan Project when they were developing the nuclear bomb uh, for uh, you know Oppenheimer and the boys were whipping this up. Is They, they compartmentalized it so it didn't come in, into the public knowledge. When Truman was elected president, he had to be read into uh, the Manhattan Project. I mean, Truman wasn't elected.
2: That's the other thing.
1: Is even as a military general, he didn't. Or sorry, no. Uh, you mean Eisenhower? Yeah, I, I was uh, talking I about. Eisenhower I was talking about Eisenhower. But no, no, he in. was so Truman had to be read right in when he was when he was. When he took over. Office.
2: When he took over, Roosevelt died during. Uh, that's why he wasn't elected. He was the VP for Roosevelt. I think he ran. Uh, got his own term after that, but not important. But yeah, I,
1: I was yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, so you compartmentalize the information, and that keeps it from Leaking. getting out. So you can have the whole organization—basically, everyone in the organization thinks everything's kosher. They have no idea what's going on. That's the same. It, that is why they had the CIA and the Air Force founded right after Roswell. So they use that event as the um, as the you know impetus to okay, we need we need organizations that can we can hide this information in. Um, and yeah, so that's the, that's basically where the, that is, if you want to point to where the breakaway civilization, that's ultimately what I'm getting to here, is that there is all this stuff, Flat Earth, um, Flat Earth, NASA itself, um, all these things, and, and aliens in general, the idea that they're aliens that are in the UFOs instead of just, um... You, you don't know, believe in aliens? No, not all. I, no, it, so... So aliens themselves, there's no reason to think, yes, UFOs are real, because we spotted them, they're on camera. They could be government vehicles. And, yeah, they are, there's no reason to believe that they came from outer space. There's no reason to, to Whoa. think. But that's just, in, because of the amount of programming we have, mm. that because of all, it's only because of Star wars. George Lucas again. You remember talking right. about Indiana yeah, yeah, Jones, yeah, correct? George Lucas, uh, which that whole plot is based off of a, a book um, by Alistair Crowley called Moonchild. But um, that's ultimately what all of this is: is um, It's this big? It's this big narrative they've been spinning since World War II, because ultimately all the world wars, what they really wanted was to continually. To, Continue to to centralize power. So after World War I, they started the League of Nations, but they didn't have enough control to get the U.S. to join. So that failed, and ultimately World War II. Then World War II, now Europe is really messed up, and America is now stronger than ever. Huge amount of infrastructure. Mm -hmm. They are now powerful enough to... um, Enforce
2: the United Nations. Yeah.
1: Or back it up. So then they have the United Nations, which was um, donated by... uh, Land donated by the Rockefellers is where they have the headquarters. Um, the Rockefellers were funding both sides of the war. They taught the Nazis eugenics. They were supplying them um, uh, uh, fuel loans. for their airplanes through um, neutral Sweden. Um, and, uh, anyways, so they start United Nations. Then you have the, you have. Two superpowers. You have Russia. You have the United States. Or you have Soviet Union, United States. Mm -hmm. So now you're down to two powers. Before you had all these various decentralized powers. It wasn't
2: superpower before World War II. It was great power. So
1: you have two, and then eventually you have the Cold War, and the Cold War ends with communism failing in in the Soviet Union, and now you have. Since then, effectively, we've had one global superpower. So the problem is. We still have, we have one global superpower, but the people who are in control still have a couple of loose cannon nations that don't follow absolutely everything that we say. So, or that um, they say. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, ex- this
2: exactly. This top-down authoritarian, you know, this outside, extra, extra governmental control. So, again, so the people like the Rockefellers, you know, people people who really own, own the shit and they use Government influence, which again, gov- people in government. And a lot of are-
1: Rockefellers were in the government too. They were right. they were vice presidents. They were, <laughs> right. they were all over the place. senators. Right. They,
2: they use that title, but the, it's um, the government agent or somebody who's in the government is supposed to be a representative of, of you and oh, me, representative and, and, and of yeah, Those of power. Yeah. But what ends up happening is that these are people that that end up doing the bidding nowadays through lobbying, which is just legalized corruption. Yeah. Um, they, they, they do the bidding of the people who are really in charge or their interests. So so the Rockefellers, they're in this and this and this, um, and this. it would be good for business if this happened, and therefore that ends up happening, even though it kills 3,000 kids in Ohio because the train derailed or whatever, you know. Like well, that's it's all about power at the end of the day, right? Right, right. But the, that's that's the um, the the idea of s- centralized power, which is becoming more and more prevalent. And now you have the Econo- world economic forum, which again is not governmental at all. Yet all of these really important people flock to to Davos every year to go to a world economic forum meeting. Also, the guy who runs it is. Uh, was he in? Was his family in the not, uh, uh, Nazi? Or? Uh, I'm not.
1: I'm not 100 sure. I haven't. I, I haven't
2: can't. I can't remember. Wrong, but, but there's something wrong with nice um. Guy, what's his? Sure. What's his name? Oh, Koshwab. But let's not but, oh, Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Finish up, So
1: yeah. So that's that's where we are right now. One global superpower, um, the United States. But there's still. You know, we. It's not like the United States. Basically, y- you can see right now, which with what's going on with in Europe. Um, NATO is essentially just a bunch of vassal states for the U.S. When the U.S. says, okay, you guys <laughs> yeah. are going to war, start pumping in millions, of, millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> And even when Zelensky was trying to negotiate yeah. with Russia to end a war in March of 2022, they, the U.S. just sends in their little lackey um, from the U.K., whatever, what was that, Boris Johnson? <laughs> sends him in, and, and he puts the kibosh on the whole thing to keep the war going. And now we're closer to... We're closer to nuclear war than you know any time since the Cuban Missile Crisis, and and basically that you know World War Two ended, and this is where a huge amount of the U.S. or U.S.'s power and dominance came from was being the only country with nuclear weapons. Then the Soviet Union got nuclear weapons, so then there was two powers, right. and then you know essentially it's it's kind of gone down since then, but um. That's how World War II ended was with a nuke. And we really didn't need to use it to, to end um, World War II because the Japanese were basically done for anyways. But um, essentially, World War III will, be, um, will end with UFOs and ultimately... And you can see Reagan and Bill Clinton um, basically read the same script, which the idea is Imagine if we were faced with a threat from outside this planet. Mm -hmm. How quickly our differences would erode away. And uh, it sounds all nice and good, like, oh, world peace. But world peace is domination by one power. That's the only way you can, well, you could have world peace otherwise with cooperation, and maybe if there wasn't a you know, parasitic uh, ruling class that's leeching all the wealth from everyone else. But, um, yeah, so essentially the whole point of, again, the the distraction since 1947, and, you know, there were sightings of UFOs before called Foo Fighters in World War II, um, but since 1947 at least, where I point to as the start of the breakaway civilization with the CIA, which basically runs the United States, that killed JFK, yep. um, and, you know... The Bush family ran the CIA and then ran was vice president, then president. Then his son was president. Um, they've been running the country since. And essentially, what they're trying to do right now, like this congressional th- hearing with the UFOs earlier this week, they are going to say introducing that, the idea that these, it. that yeah. the um, the things in the UFOs are aliens. They're not because imagine the difference. And again, the only reason why we immediately think, oh, this must be an alien. It's because with we've been introduced the technology. idea, already. yeah, because that's all they've shoved down our throats since they introduced the idea of UFOs. Um, so really, what it is is a breakaway civilization that does have extremely advanced technology, but what they're going to per- purvey to us is that they're going to, you know, they might even throw, when you say a breakaway civilization, mm-hmm. kind of like elaborate a little bit on that. So a breakaway civilization is the idea that you have a group of an existing civilization, but they develop so much more advanced technology than the rest of it, that they see no reason to share it with the rest of the civilization. And instead they break off and use it for their own advantage, and monopolize or it or
2: even interact. Um, like uh, With, in any other way that's not correct. clandestine uh, or, mm-hmm. or or through control so these, so these
0: mm-hmm. break oh, this breakaway civilization what you're saying is they're they they're from earth.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: And so that's where they're trying trying getting their money into.
1: from is the missing Pentagon money. So September 10th, 2001, Donald Rumsfeld goes on TV and he tells everybody out of the Bush administration goes on TV and he says yeah, we're actually missing 2.3 trillion dollars from the Pentagon budget. Don't know where it is.
0: it happens every year.
1: Next day, a plane flies into the accounting department of the Pentagon. Oh, right. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's so
2: funny to say it out That's loud. Crazy. It really is.
1: So that is how, and actually, that was 9/11 was part of the reason NORAD. We were talking about NORAD right. at NORAD, you know, in Cheyenne Mountain. They were running six different war game scenarios. So there was actually fake blips on their radar screens, So they couldn't tell what was real and what was fake. And they were even running a simulation of a terrorist hijacking of a plane. Um, <clears throat> so, so anyways, um, wow. the breakaway civilization, they siphon off money through the Pentagon because the Pentagon had never been audited before. Trump put it up for its first audit in 2018. Everyone I, I personally was excited because I'm like, all right, this is it. This is what's gonna start the no, snowball will, effect. They would never allow it. Where we're gonna we'll find they they're do gonna it. have to admit something. This is at the time, the estimate um, an estimate from a professor at uh, Michigan State University, he estimated that there was at that time twenty-one, you know, it's been it's been seventeen years since 2001. At that time, he believed there's $21 trillion equal to the U.S. national debt at that time um, of missing money from the Pentagon. So basically, you can start a breakaway civilization by doing these, um, by compartmentalizing and then sectioning off the money from the Pentagon and basically just use it to build DUMs, deep underground uh, military bases which are, um, you know, they've had those for a long time. Cheyenne Mountain is kind of one of them. Um, RFK Jr., in one of his interviews recently, he talks about another one in Washington, uh, near Washington, D.C., where they would take the politicians and their kids during a, you know, potential nuclear crisis, which was just a complete underground city with McDonald's and shit. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so essentially all this, all this is misdirection. They want you to look up, An exterior for both. The Netflix movie, "Don't Look Up." Yeah, well, yeah, and it's that Netflix movie is so fucking funny because it's literally what's actually going on is the exact opposite of what people think. They show, oh, look at this climate scientist. They're not letting him on. Well, okay, so they it's a meteor, and they're not letting the meteor guy go on. But and what they're drawing the connection to the reason the guy wrote that script, star-studded script. um, was that he wanted it to, for people to draw parallels between that COVID. climate change. Oh, or was, cli- yeah, well, yeah, for climate and, change. No, no, and, and COVID too. It was COVID too. Yeah, oh, sure. um, Because it, just because it was relevant, but ultimately this guy's a, you know, he, Lefty, he's yeah. David Sirota. Um, it, uh-uh. Actually kind of a nice guy, but stupid as fuck. <laughs>
2: so he, <laughs> He's funny, but dumb.
1: He's, uh, he, uh, yeah. So anyways, the movie is about science, um, there's a meteor coming, and a scientist is trying. I think it's also a Michigan State scientist in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where they are
1: from in that movie. He uh, great party to great school to party at, by the way. Um, but uh, the, anyways, they won't let him on TV um, to tell everybody about the meteorite coming because it's like, oh, there's too mm. doom and gloom. Nobody wants to hear about it, um, so they kick him off and. All the people are like, oh, my God, this is exactly what's happening with climate change. There's people who just aren't listening to the doctors. Exactly. They won't let them it's, on TV. Yeah. It's like when in ever has they have not, not promoted climate change? And in reality, the people that are saying, no, this is another fear porn propaganda move, because just really briefly on environmentalism, what people don't understand is this concept of climate change was put forward initially by employees of the oil companies to put restrictions on new competitors and to let them increase their prices by limiting the supply. Is that for real? Yeah, yeah. What year was that? It was a. It was an employee of the when the climate change movement first started. This entire it was, entire was like, idea it was in the eighties. I think. Yeah, I would think it was. Yeah. yeah, it was started by the industry itself, and if you look through the dominant philosophies of, you know, what was popular in science in the 1920s to the 1940s, basically to the end of the war. The most popular thing was eugenics. We've got to do, um, you know, it was Depopulate. basically, yeah, breed wisely or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they did things like involuntarily uh, sterilize people. I believe there's uh, 70,000 involuntarily sterilized in wow. California alone. And the Nazi eugenics program based it off of the American program. I believe in Mein Kampf, Hitler talks about the American eugenics program and saying, oh, yeah, this is great. And the Rockefellers funded the Kaiser Wilhelm Eugenics Institute in Germany where they were teaching all these people about eugenics. So they were trying to depopulate. Then after the war, they're like, oh, fuck, we can't use the word eugenics anymore. We can't use the word propaganda anymore because the whole Nazi thing has kind of ruined it for us. And, of course, (laughs) I wanted to bring this up earlier, but uh, propaganda, of course, was an American invention by a guy named Edward Bernays who wrote a book, Propaganda, in 1928. When he wrote this book, the word propaganda had no negative connotation. It has the same connotation as public relations today he wrote that book he was the great nephew of Sigmund Freud the psychologist Uh um and he used basically that psychology Sigmund Freud's messed up guy pedophile horrible human being um which is where he gets all of his ideas from where he's like every child wants to fuck their parents and like all this crazy shit um but anyways it's powerful in, in some level um so edward bernays his great nephew writes propaganda basically his work and there's a quote by him because his work was used by the nazis to form the cult of personality for hitler and there is a quote by him where he's like oh i'm so ashamed what it's what it's been used for blah 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 um his great nephew is the co-founder of netflix
2: Whoa. Edward
1: Bernays. So, yeah, talk about and propaganda.
2: Don't look up, produces, or, uh, right, Netflix yeah, produces, yeah, no, yeah. don't look I'll, up, I'll, and then we're going back, back, right back to climate change. Exactly. But, so
1: so you go from eugenics <laughs> so to environment. Eventually they're like, oh, man, uh, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? You can't say eugenics anymore. They go, they use their propaganda methods, and they say, oh, I got it, environmentalism. There's too many people, and their estimates were like, the world's going to be crazy overpopulated by 2000. We got to stop it in the next 50 years and
2: and all this shit. So this is probably a good time to also bring up semantics itself. So semantics is um, the worst use of
0: words. Well, Cooper, hold on. This one's going to roll over a bit. Okay, just because it's usually an hour or something. You know, like yeah uh, so
2: <laughs> semantics semantics is the use of of words um, like specific words um, all the words we use the are English the English language is rooted in Latin um, there's a lot of words that you can like sound it out and just figure out what the word means even if you don't know just by making like uh, like words um, government is one govern Goven, means go. control mm-hmm. and ment means mind so government is control of the mind, mind control, um, uh, for the people that it, it governs, it controls. Uh, but the the, the point uh, of, of eugenics versus climate change, or the point I'm drawing here, is that they have always, since the dawn of civilization, they have used uh, an Orwell, George Orwell, 1984, which is a commonly quoted book uh, in, in this modern era where we are so inundated with um, outside influence, constant uh, constant ki- chi- children, uh, us, um uh, being bombarded by by propaganda through their use of words. So, uh, and another example of this is recently we had Elon Musk um, come uh, on Twitter. He he said um, uh, cisgendered is is a is a, der- is a slur a on break. this platform. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, you know, I have a mixed bag of emotions toward Elon Musk, but in in my opinion, this is a great thing from Elon Musk because what he's doing is he's combating the the. Uh, the establishment or the, um, the, the owners' uh, uh, narrative book or their, their semantics because mm. nowadays they want you to uh, they want you to uh, wave the rainbow flag and they want you to um, uh, allow trans people. they want to normalize tra- uh, transgenderness, um, which has had an adverse effect on the youth. People are identifying as trans more, which means that they're going to self castrate or uh, eugenicize them, their own selves. Um, by, by injecting
0: hormones too early, screwing all their biology up and making it impossible. And In s- California, too. And speaking of the Nazis, um, they were big on the trans thing, too.
1: Yeah. yeah, be, yeah Hitler yeah, was trans. The, yeah. before, <laughs> before the... Uh, <laughs> I'm like, Who? Yeah, when people are talk about the book burnings, um, they don't talk about which books were being burned. And, and one of the first ones was their little transgender clinic there, yeah. um, which the uh, yeah the Nazis took all their shit and burned it. Um but what's funny is that that ideology now talking about rebranding. Um, you know, like I was saying, it went from eugenics to overpopulation. Then they change it. Okay, overpopulation—that's a bit we—that's a bit too much. Like we don't want people to immediately think, "Oh, we're trying to depopulate." Oh, I know. Let's save the animals. Then the mm-hmm. next one, environmentalism and so environmentalism and people are like oh cool 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 environmentalism that's yeah, nice i, I want to yeah, protect your home like yeah. how do yeah, i do pick that? up your trash oh, yeah. we're gonna depopulate you then <laughs> um then they went with climate change and again climate change if you no, listen no, at first they went with global warming and they they talk about um yeah of course yeah they well and then they had to cooling, change that to global, climate cooling, change. Global, global warming, warming yeah, yeah. and then they're like okay climate change but essentially now, you say you have people, they say, oh, climate change. Well, how do we fix that? Oh, we got to take down carbon, um, carbon emissions. And how do we do that? Um, well, Bill Gates has a TED Talk where he says the best way to get population down reduce, is vaccines. Reduce uh, population, right? By using, yeah, by using... Um, to uh, chemically castrate. Yeah, to, well, no. So <laughs> to, he not. says... So many words. Yeah. Yeah. get right <laughs> to it.
2: I don't bother with the semantics. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so anyways, it's, it's only, that's just another um, repurposing and, and another new, um, you know, it's a rebranding. And today we have the, the transgender push, which is absolutely a social contagion, um, where people are like, you know, suddenly kids are now immune to anything culturally that's going on. When you ask somebody, is, hey, do is you think there's a social component to kids being confused about their gender? And, oh, no, 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 they're, they're just born that way. Yeah, there's yeah. no way they could be an influence. You could make a kid, you know, the kids are malleable. That's why yeah. the Nazi youth targeted them. So you get to the kids young. And um, more importantly, that's what um, that's what this whole feminism movement was originally about, too. Again, by the Rockefellers, there's... Um, there's an interview where a guy says he was talking to one of the Rockefellers and he was like, you know what feminism was all about? It was about getting the women out of the house so that we could program their kids all day. Mm. Um, and that's the most important part. So, you know, we came up in the, in the school system, or at least I did, um, and they're putting, you know, at home, my dad was like, you know, all this climate change bullshit—it's you know ridiculous and fucking Obama's a piece of
2: shit—and mm-hmm. uh, and I was
1: no no dad I'm I'm smart I got rewarded at school for yeah. for yeah. you know knowing the opposite. school told me so different you yeah. take
2: that to the next step and suddenly they're coming home and they're saying that I'm not a boy or I'm not a girl anymore. And that's all because it's a it's a social fad going that's being perpetuated by everything you see on the screens, which is super popular with kids. And because they saw it, now they're going to repeat it. And then because the cool person in school who has the most followers, who who decided to. Uh, um, champion this trans movement now. Oh well, he he did it or she did it, so well I should do it. Uh, and um, it, it's this perpetual thing where suddenly you have uh, millennials uh, identify like I think it's like ten percent identifies LGBT gay whatever the fuck. Um, and then the next the next section the Gen Z is at like twenty one percent. It decreases. Incre- and, and what what that what happens eventually is you have all these people who are who are not having natural sex and they're not reproducing and they're not not making more, they're not making more children there and by
0: depopulating and getting what what you want. It's ridiculous to think that, at least to some degree, there's no social engineering to kids when it comes to this. Oh, okay. it's completely... They're, complete, they're uh, for sure, you know, even if you don't want to... Trend, laws, they trend. used to make laws. They used to make laws against could,
2: it. You remember when you were a kid and you would watch um, Nickelodeon and it would be the commercials and it would say, hey, make sure you ask your parents before you right. uh, go on our website. <laughs> that's that, hey, that's by law. No, it's it's the opposite. Don't ask No, it's... There's no law written for the internet. It's it's completely... It's a, it's a frontier. It's lawless. And they want to keep it that... Or, well, I don't know. They want to keep it. They want to keep it that way so long as as there's um, uh, something to ext- extract. Once it gets founded, once people populate it enough, then they're going to snap to it with the laws because a law is not for for them. A law is for you, so that 100%. you can't become
0: them. 100. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you mentioned Elon earlier, and we were talking about rockets, and this is something that I wanted to kind of visit as well, because I've seen that you have various threads on Elon and on the rockets and all this stuff. So we talked about, you know, the moon landing, the rockets being a spectacle, a distraction type of thing. Why would Elon be involved in – he's a brilliant guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's such a center of our society and civilization nowadays. He's like a front man type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, if this guy's brilliant, he, if he knows there's no breaking out of it with a rocket, then what is, what the, what's the point of SpaceX.
1: So so yeah it's the you know it's the same thing as the, the point of NASA was originally which was you know distraction so so he and it's it's a great spectacle it's literally the you know it's the greatest spectacle on earth was is uh oh look at this huge thing that's blasting off and uh giant fire going work. to the moon yeah this huge phallic structure that's blasting <laughs> off and jeff bezos's one really looks like a
2: cock which is actually <laughs> it, <laughs> it looks, it looks, it looks like, straight yeah. like uh, what is that austin powers yeah, where yeah they're yeah, like yeah. oh it's a johnson or Eagle, it looks Doctor exactly Eagle's, like uh, that yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so and that that actually gets to it I'm not going to go into it right now, but it's called um, the Killing of the King Ritual, which I kind of alluded to before with JFK, which is, it's this concept that's used in governance, um, and it goes back to, again, ancient Egypt, where um, at one point the religion in um, Egypt changed to the cult of Osiris. And basically um, in that cult they would say the previous pharaoh... Um, who died, he becomes Osiris in death, but on earth, he represents Horus, which is the resurrection of Osiris. Basically, in the myth, Osiris is cut up by set into 14 pieces, the pieces are scattered. His wife, re- Isis, reassembles him, which represents the moon, Isis. Um, oh, with a fake cock, right? With a, Yeah, yeah. You, you, she makes him a fake <laughs> cock. She makes him a gold cock. So and out then, of context. Um, and then they use that to impregnate her, and then they have Horus, which is um, Osiris, because he doesn't have his cock, he can't stay in the land of the living, so he goes he, and rules the underworld. And then um, Horus, his son, goes and defeats Set. Um, and becomes the representation of the of the pharaohs while they're living. So, and, but he rules by the authority of Osiris, the dead one. So, um, and of course, the in ancient Egypt, the obelisks would represent the cock of Osiris. They had previously been um, before the Osiris cult. They would represent the rays of the sun of Ra, the sun god Ra. But after the cult of Osiris. The kind of concepts change, and these obelisks continued to be taken and repurposed by civilizations since then. So for instance, the uh, obelisk in front of the Vatican. Why is there an Egyptian obelisk in front of the Vatican? A That's pagan. a, it was stolen, a Huge right? pagan. It was actually moved point. there from Alexandria. Yeah. Correct. Yep. And it was moved from Heliopolis to Alexandria by Cleopatra, and then it was moved to um, it was moved to the Vatican. Vatican. Yeah. Yeah. So um, actually, that might have been Cleopatra's needle that I was talking about. I believe a a different emperor brought the Vatican obelisk. But that obelisk was um, what the Vatican is now is built on what was called Nero Circus. So Emperor Nero, he was Mm -hmm. persecuting the Christians and he crucified the first pope, Peter. He crucified him upside down. In Nero Circus. And that's why they, if you see an upside down cross, they refer to it as Peter's cross, St. Peter's cross. Right. Um, And that obelisk was there at that time and now is still there. And they just put a cross on the top of it. Now, instead of a pagan, um, instead of a pagan monument, now it's seen as a a great Christian Christian. monument, which is, you know, it doesn't seem right. Um, And that's because that's, Building a tall structure, a monument like that, it gives a physical, especially when you have something to memorialize, like, for instance, Jesus in this point, which Mm -hmm. they put the cross at the top of it, it gives people a physical um, object to remind them of whose authority is really running things. So instead of rebelling against their current leader or, like, um, treating him fairly, essentially, they, they give him a break because they think, oh, well... The Pope, you know, he's just ruling by Jesus's authority. He's doing his best. I'm not really being subservient to that guy. I'm being subservient to my martyred king, Jesus, or right. Julius Caesar, um, which the, Roman, uh, the, Rome, the Romans only adopted Christianity 300 years in to the, uh, or, into the yeah, empire. Yeah, basically into the empire, yeah. Um, so that same concept is what they did with JFK. The CIA kills JFK then they rename the um, the space center, the Kennedy Space Center, mm-hmm. and then they launch using the trauma um, created by his death. They launch the rocket under his authority and the public is willing to accept it. So what Musk is doing right now is is basically the same thing. His uh, One of the reasons that people respect him so much is he's going to space. He literally took over. The space program was dead, but then SpaceX came around which they still get all their money from the government, anyways, and, res- yeah. and
2: resurrected it.
1: And resurrected it, yeah. So, and those, and now the the cocks that everybody are watching are Elon's cocks, and they're super cocks because they fly back down afterwards. Um, <laughs> and um, they got and big voluminous ball, balls still to land on safely. The <laughs> they still haven't gone to the moon, but the um, the original concept to get down to the to to the very core of what. Um, The Apollo moon mission was about was this concept of um, just like Osiris had the artificial cock to impregnate um, Isis Mm -hmm. and make Horus, the rocket represents, um, you know, again, represents Osiris. Isis is the feminine moon, which controls the menstrual cycle, and that creates... um, that creates the moonchild horus. So we were talking about Crowley before, and his book Moonchild. Yeah, and so he wrote a book Moonchild which
0: essentially Well, uh, give a little background on who Aleister Crowley is.
1: So Aleister Crowley is uh probably the most prolific um occult, you know, magician of the last you know, I actually I think probably to
0: this day I would think he's probably he's the, the he's most he's the goat, he's the goat chaos yeah. magic magician. Yeah. And his, um, he has relations he's to... A, he's a Michael Jordan student that is related to NASA, right? Jack yeah. Jack Parsons. Or so whatever. one
1: of his students, Jack Parsons, um, who created liquid rocket fuel, um, he started Jet Propulsion Labs, which then became NASA. Um, he was a student of Crowley, and he, uh, Parsons actually did a ritual in the Mojave Desert in 1946 called the Babylon Working, which was basically the goal was to uh create a moon child to rule a new aeon of horus is what they called it that was the new age they wanted to bring in um so this what was most important and why it was so important to use the rockets is it was a new type of phallic structure it wasn't the obelisk it wasn't repurposing an egyptian obelisk the american empire was um the washington monument was completed after the assassination of abraham lincoln it was being built previously, but it wasn't finished until. And then it became this symbol of a new United America. The biggest where, cock of all, where people are like, "Oh well, <laughs> yeah, and it's a big Abraham white. Abraham Lincoln so. he's the best president ever. <laughs> he, you know, he's he became a martyr, um, and that is that's essentially on a ritualistic level. That is why um, they used rockets, even though they know it, it doesn't go to the moon. Um, and Musk, Musk is a bit different because he's trying to go to Mars, which is um, Mars in, in ancient Egypt. They called it um, they called it Horse of the Horizon, or um, and I believe there's another name like Burning Horse or some shit like that. But um, essentially, Elon is the moon child that they were trying to summon. Um, and if you want to look for evidence of that, the other... The other, um, so Scientist. Jack Parsons mm-hmm. was the student of Alistair Crowley. Right. He was liquid rocket fuel, um, jet propulsion labs. Werner von Braun, the other main head of NASA, um, who was the chief architect of the Saturn V rocket that Apollo 11 took to the moon. Former
2: Nazi. Former Nazi, Stolen yeah. Stolen Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. So we brought him in, and then yeah, he, I'm we, I'm we forgave his clip, war crimes. Oh. Right. Well,
0: Maybe they The don't. U.S. brought over a bunch of Nazis under a
1: yeah a minimum of like fourteen hundred, probably yeah. more. Yeah, to um, we
0: forgave him yeah. to, so that
2: he could yeah.
1: And in nineteen forty eight, once he had work. come to America, the same year that Elon Musk's mom was born, he writes a book called The Mars Project, and on page one hundred, uh, no, 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 uh, Werner von Braun, von
0: Braun, Braun. Okay.
1: Werner von Braun, um, already in America, nineteen forty eight, he writes a book called The Mars Project. Where it's about a human colony on Mars, and when he s- talks about how Mars is governed, he says the leader of the human Mars colony will be given the title
0: Elon. That's fucking <laughs> crazy. And that was, <laughs> that was so th- crazy. what's even
1: funnier is that remember we we're talking about Operation Paperclip or uh, sorry Operation High Jump. Uh-huh. He based that book off of the details of Operation High Jump. He In what based way? it because because it's like. Um, They went to Antarctica with that much supplies so that they could, you know, effectively, you know, maintain an ecosystem and survive in the harsh environment. So he used that same type of structure in the Mars project, except he was a Nazi. So he knew that the Nazis were down there, a high ranking Nazi SS member. So he knew the Nazis were down there with UFOs and then made a book just to mock him afterwards (laughs) about taking rockets to Mars.
0: The ultimate troll.
1: Yeah, and, um, say what
0: you will about Nazis, but
2: they got a sense of humor. And <laughs> then he, so he writes
1: Elon, and now this is to get to the to the core of what Elon represents um, is that there's a concept called technocracy, which is the idea of rule by the experts instead of democracy or some type of decentralized mm-hmm. form of governance. So instead of you know the community making decision um, as a whole and like trying to figure out the best way to as a big group, instead in a technocracy you have one expert and they run the whole thing with no oversight so that sounds great and people to this day people still think oh it's cool especially when they look at musk because what did musk do he took the defunct nasa and now now we have now we have rockets going up again electric cars no one could pull off an electric car company somehow he did everybody doubted it. resurrection
2: resurrection
1: um Uh, satellite internet, Starlink. He's now giving, he gave the Ukrainians a Starlink system so that they could, he he was affecting the outcome of the war. Um, And he also has, you know, the Boring Company. He's making underground tunnels, which again kind of goes into the dumb thing. But um, he is, yeah, he's revolution. And then of course, Twitter. Now he's Donald Trump, the president, couldn't even keep himself from getting kicked off of Twitter. Elon Musk bought bought it it and controls it. So uh, in terms of being a technocrat, he is the absolute wet dream of a technocrat. And the thing is, Mars was in the Mars Project. It describes Mars as being a technocracy, being run by a group. How Mars is governed is actually the chapter that they mention the title Elon, and they basically describe a technocracy in there. And Musk tweets over and over again We need to make the Martian technocracy a reality. Yeah, I've seen. So now here's the real kicker again for to point to something that um, is not complete hearsay as far as Musk being you know his life being a role and not being you know a genuine random series of events is his grandfather Joshua Heldman in Canada was arrested in 1940 during World War II for being a potential threat to the government for running the technocracy party of Canada. So he literally, yeah, so this is not an accident. And the thing is, also the technocracy party, the movement was international, and it had a section in Germany, and if Werner von Braun was writing a book about a Martian technocracy as being the best way to go about it, of course he was familiar with the leadership internationally of of the... um, of the, the technocratic the party. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's a 100%. It's not even a stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah, hey, we're trying to... Oh, by the way, he was great friends with Parsons as well, obviously, because he was in NASA and, and the rocketry. And But they were longtime friends. They were like pen pals when he was That's in Germany. That's
0: crazy. And, oh, it all ties back. Yeah,
1: so Parsons like, hey, we're trying to do this new thing. We're trying to create a technocracy. And, and the most important part is we need one really good leader to take it. And so to form a one year old government, you also need a good leader. And that's what Julius Caesar was for the Roman Empire. Um, and that's why wow. just like <laughs> yeah. you know how in the book they're saying Elon's not the name of the guy, it's the title the they title give him of the guy, in yeah. the same way that all the emperors were referred to as Caesar.
0: It's mm-hmm. a title. And, yeah.
1: and every time you said Caesar, you weren't saying, Oh, I'm submitting to Julius Caesar no. or I'm not submitting to the current guy in You power. are the resurrection.
2: I'm, yeah. of Julius Caesar, mm-hmm. you are the the body. Uh, just uh, so, just, just like you're talking about with mm-hmm. Osiris and and um, uh, uh, set and all that. Yeah. Um, this this idea that like the the pharaoh is the living embodiment of a god here on earth, mm-hmm. um, and Caesar. Uh, so after Caesar died, he was uh, uh, Mark Anthony. Literally said like, "Oh, uh, I'm sorry, not Mark Anthony. Um, uh, Augustus Caesar uh, Octavian," literally said like. Oh, there was a shooting star. It was um, Haley Haley Bob Comet going over, and nobody knew what this was. It comes out around every 75 years, and they saw this thing, and they said, uh, you know, the people were wondering what this is, and Octavian uses this um, natural, crazy, random event to say, oh, that was um, Caesar's soul ascending into godlyhood. And you have to also understand, at the time, the Roman Republic, which Caesar never killed um, is it has has fallen and it has become an empire Um, and the oligarchy which killed caesar um they 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 kind of won because they got to keep their their standing uh they got to keep their money and their economic might uh or their enforcement over the the plebeians so the optimates the the uh, bourgeoisie uh, they got to keep their standing and and all they have to do is swear fealty to the emperor and they just cha- you know they change the words around a little bit, and they get to keep their same grift going. Um, and so the people, you know, not understanding what this is, and you know Octavian obviously knowing that this is not the soul of his of his posthumously uh, uh, adoptive uh, father um, going up to be a god, he he's just painting this as as more propaganda to enhance his own image as the son of a god. So that's convenient, and then, and then and then so like talking and then
1: about he e- literally goes on to Egypt to kill Caesar's actual blood son with Cleopatra and oh, ends right. the Pharaonic line yeah. of, of yeah. thousands and thousands of years. That's when that was the last Pharaoh of Egypt was killed by the first Emperor of Rome. So Rome completely inherited not only Ptolemy you know, the
2: Thirteenth, I think, right?
1: all of Italy's past empires and and you know essentially Greece as well um like that type of mantle um but they destroyed egypt's um and because of that because the pharaonic line was broken it never reemerged and that's why it's so important this concept of um ruling by the authority of the previous one um is so important because it makes your leadership position immortal it gives it clout it gives so, it like actual
2: standing in the in the yeah. memory in the memory of of the yeah, people like who are immortal yeah yeah right yeah cuz otherwise who who are you to tell me what's going on oh well i'm related or i am the uh, after image of that guy who your parents listen to so even in your own personal life your only authority here on earth is is your is your elders that that you respect and honor your parents um, or your grandparents, and they swore fealty to this person, so I better be swearing fealty to, to mm-hmm. the, the guy who's who's the successor to that, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's just propagated throughout and
1: history. Kennedy was the first Roman Catholic president, too. By the way, so as far as the um, you know, the, uh, you know, this concept of Rome never fell, and you know, uh, Washington D.C., the land that Washington D.C. was built on, was originally called Rome. And Is it really? yeah, and Capitol Hill that comes from that comes from Rome cuz they have a they have a Capitol Hill. Mhm.
0: Um so wait, wait a second, let's park the Rome thing really quickly cuz um I wanted to briefly visit uh Mars. No just <laughs> <Mars. laughs> <laughs> stopping <laughs> for a bit. Uh Twitter X. Mhm. I saw that you had a thread on Elon Musk and mm-hmm. X SpaceX now Twitter X. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to speak a little bit about that, and then I want to close out the episode with "Rome Never Died," which is our nice, nice. the overall theme here. So, yeah, so X um,
1: to go back to the Phoenicians, um, the first Christians, so the earliest Christians, they were using the Paleo Hebrew, aka the Phoenician alphabet, and the last letter in the Paleo Hebrew alphabet is the X, and in it, further on in time, it morphed into a T. Um, the literally the X letter of the Phoenician alphabet, but it was the last letter, and it represent represented the ultimate Omega perfection. So they were using X. If you look at these these most ancient um, Christian houses, there's like a History Channel episode on it, and they show you that yeah, there was a you know there's an X above the altar, which they were using to represent um, Christ. So when you think about um, Musk and, and the idea of X is X is exchange. It's the merging of poles. Um, it's the crossover, um, which is, you know, which is a powerful concept in itself. Um, but why Musk specifically uses it is because the role, so we've covered technocracy and the idea that he is now going to, for all intents and purposes, he's, in terms of favorability, he beats both Trump and Biden, so, 100%. but he can never be president because he wasn't born, born in, in the, the U.S. US yeah. so, what, um, so he doesn't become a threat in that realm, which lets him become a new type of leader, a technocrat. Um, and, you know, like I was saying before, he's more powerful than a president. But the other portion to him that's really the most important is he's a technocrat, yes, but what he represents is transhumanism. The idea that humanity will enhance itself by completely merging with machine. And, you know, he's obviously going to do that through um, AI and Neuralink. Yeah. So there's all of these, um, just like he was written about by Werner von Braun, there's all of these other motifs in our most popular pop culture um, narratives like for instance the most expensive movie series of all time the 22 movies uh avenger movies ending in endgame starting the first movie in that series was iron man and in iron man he goes into a cave um injured and then comes out of the cave resurrected in a in a uh in an iron man suit so he literally there's a Big Jesus motif right there. And also there's a scene right before where he explodes a bomb behind him and, like, puts his arms out like this. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the movie, um, if you look at the cover of Infinity War, they also have him, again, arms spread, Jesus pose, with a big halo behind him even. And in the final movie, I'll just spoil it for everybody. um, (laughs) We haven't seen it at this point. um, In the final movie... He sacrifices himself to stop the depopulation plot of Thanos. So he becomes... And then in the comics, though, he's resurrected as an AI. And I'm sure at some point they're going to make a new movie where
2: he's, he's resurrected. resurrected. Yeah. As an AI. And and when even, Robert Downey Jr. needs some money, <laughs> yeah, they'll bring him back. He'll be there. back to rehab. And they'll go and back the to the source is, material and this find, find the, it.
1: This is the kicker. Is not only was Elon Musk in the second Iron Man movie, Robert Downey Jr., Literally admits he based the mannerisms of the character Tony Stark off of Elon Musk. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Interviews. Yeah, he says well, they, I'm playing, he's not playing the role of Tony Stark. He's playing the role of Elon, Elon Musk. Elon and it's funny and because Elon, Elon Musk was, is yeah. called
0: the Tony, the real Tony Stark. Right. right. Yes. I well, yes, yes, was, was, was <laughs> having intention. that thought yeah. for
1: the first time yeah. and being like, oh wow, this guy's so dope. He's yeah, the real life Iron Man. Same. So <laughs> L-
0: look where we're at
1: now. So, so the thing is that motif does not stop there. If you look at all of our major, um, all of our major movie series, they're ultimately all based on this same. It's a derivative of the Horus story, um, the where Jesus. the guy is basically a born of a, um, it's like a virgin birth type thing. Cause technically his father's dead or it's his father's God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Moonchild, the plot of Moonchild is that there's a super powerful child being born and a section of light wizards and dark wizards are battling over him for control of the kid. And what does that sound like? That's star Wars. That's star Wars. That's the fucking, the whole Anakin Skywalker thing. And, uh, where are you familiar with star Wars? You know, looks great, so yeah, dark yeah, wizards, light wizards, and they're yeah. fighting over the chosen one. The Jedi, Anakin. Yeah. And um, and then you have Harry Potter, which is even more, and she's a fucking English occultist. So, of course, she, she posted pictures of the Crowley pterodact. Um, J.K. J. Rowling. Rolling, yep. Really? Mm-hmm. So she literally just ripped that right out of the book. And Harry Potter's the even better example. Literally wizards, and they're fighting over him as The like, chosen as one, the, over the, the right, chosen yeah. boy,
2: um, whose parents are dead.
1: Yep. So... <laughs> So, yeah, that, that motif is absolutely everywhere. Um, and there's a couple of uh, other really good examples. The Matrix, same thing. He, If you watch The Matrix, at the beginning, the movie begins at, in room 303 with Trinity inside. Um, that's that classic opening scene where she's jumping around and, and beats them all up. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends in that same room where Neo gets shot, and that's where he's resurrected at 33, mm-hmm. at 303. And Jesus died at 33 years old, died and resurrected in three days at 33. And then
2: something else interesting about the whole Star Wars point. I mean, George, so we were talking earlier about the Nazis and, and the Nazis running around the world, and that's basically the plot of Indiana Jones. He's always fighting the Nazis who are, for some reason, looking for the Ark of the Covenant, right? Um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, they're instrumental in the making of these movies. They, like, write it together. And if there is some cabal of, of people who are controlling and influencing pop culture in order to control the population, they're going to use outlets like these sort of creative minds, directors, to influence the pop culture they're making. I'm
0: glad you said that because I was just going to... Right. And... Yeah.
2: and, and, and there's it's a very famous thing. You can go on YouTube and find it right now of George Lucas talking about Star Wars. He's talking about, um, you know, he released it, a New Hope, a four, five, six, and then he went back when the CGI was better uh, to do one, two, three. It's not better. You've seen that shit. It's terrible. Um, but but the point the, uh, the point of what I'm saying is is he he says I, what I wanted to do. You know, he's really fucking weird and George fat George Lucas. Cool. And and, he, and he says he says. Um, uh, well you know uh what I wanted to do with four five six and relate them back to one two three is i w- I wanted them to kind of rhyme and to me just practice his um <laughs> every morning in front of the mirror I just did it before the podcast actually um but but um just looking at it from a very objective outside like if I'm an investigator I look at at what he's saying there and i th- I think this is almost something that he's been coached on that he's he, the the Star Wars and he introduced me to the whole thing about Moonchild. But you know, when I heard it, I likened it to this: he, he Moonchild is Star Wars. That's a re, so uh, Star Wars is a retelling of Moonchild. It's rhyming the history, and Moonchild itself is a retelling of of Jesus Christ and and um, Horus uh, and all that. Um, and here we have George Lucas literally saying the quiet part, saying, "Oh, I wanted to rhyme." rhyme my my sequel or my prequels with my sequels and i wanted the history to rhyme so it all fits together nice and that that to me is is it's just evidence it's it's um circumstantial evidence but evidence still Mm. that that this is the intent of of all of this is to is to propagate the same message the narrative so that they can keep their same power same with octavian he wants to prop it he wants to keep the power but these people also want to keep their power, and so everybody's going to work together. Everybody, past a certain point, is going to work together to keep this real, uh, you know, t- uh, tightly knitted together. And
1: yeah, so to just go off the um, the X part again. So there's um, there's what's called a, a great year, Plato's great year. It's basically um, the uh, procession of the equinox, which is essentially the. Um, the stars are moving in the sky. The constellations move throughout the sky over a period of roughly twenty six thousand years. So well, a lot of people don't believe in astrology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So each age is approximately two thousand one hundred or so years old. So when we talk about um, when we talk about it, just so happened that when Rome restarted the clock, and now we go from you know the the birth of Jesus <laughs> or whatever. Um, zero AD or whatever. They literally reset all of history. So now it's year 2000 instead of, you know, whatever year mm-hmm. you want to make it. Um, that was the beginning of the age of Pisces. And Pisces is, its symbol is the fish. So now we're moving into, we're, we're on the cusp of going from the age of Pisces so into of the age of Aquarius. And Aquarius is, some people, it, it's, you know, referred to as a knowledge bearer, or sorry, the water bearer. Bearer, but it's also referred to as the knowledge bearer. So, where Jesus recruited a bunch of fishermen for to follow him—that's you know the the fish thing. Elon is the knowledge bearer. He's bringing, he's birthing AI and bringing Neuralink to basically fuse humanity with all the basis of all knowledge ever. AI, the strongest you know possible source of knowledge. Um, so that's essentially his X. That is his cross. He's in the, in a similar oh, way to where Jesus is, you know, and, but then again, Jesus was, they did use the the X to mm-hmm. represent him, um, initially. Uh, but that is at the core. That is what it represents. He is actually the manifestation of an equivalent, his cultural impact going forward, will be the equivalent of a Jesus Christ or a Julius Caesar. Both JC's, by the way. Um, oh, sure. And uh, he likes to post this video game uh, called uh, Dos X. And in Dos X, the main character is a cyborg. Um, Dose A cyborg. D- 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 Dale. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Dale X. You're um, speaking to Spanish people, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, anyways, it's... In, the, in the, the game is about a government agent cyborg who finds out that the current pandemic was a bioweapon created by the government and the same government that made the disease made the vaccine, which, uh, by the way, the NIH who funded the research in the Wuhan lab, mm-hmm. which we can actually see on YouTube now after a few years, um, which now that even the FBI cites as the most likely source of the virus the NIH was also the one that created the vaccine, which people think that it was always Moderna, it was Pfizer. No, uh, the NIH is actually suing Moderna to get more of the profits because it was their mRNA research that made the technology for the vaccine. But anyways, he posts this picture in the middle of the pandemic. He makes it his profile picture, and... Long story short, the end of the game, he saves the world by fusing with Machine completely. And again, J.C. Denton is the name of the character. Bro. So, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So it's a complete, it's literally, he's just putting it in your face. The best part about the game is it's made in the year 2000, but the Twin Towers are already missing by, from a terrorist <laughs> attack. The fuck and up. they literally go, oh, well. Wait, what do you
0: mean there's like the... In the game. It's set in New York. Manhattan's there and the Twin Towers are not in yep. the game. And
1: specifically they say, yeah, it was because of a terrorist attack. And
0: uh yeah. Right. <laughs> That's fucking wild, man. But
1: it's the same thing in the Matrix. In the Matrix, you can see if you stop, if you do a freeze frame, it's really quick. It's I, I don't even know how people got this freeze frame because i tried it myself. I couldn't get it. But when Neo's being interrogated at the beginning of the movie, you can zoom in on his ID, mm. and his ID, again, that movie was in nineteen ninety nine. His ID expires on September eleventh, two thousand one. Yo. So that's <laughs> and, a 9-11 is a, yeah. is a whole other thing, but essentially, and there's a lot of numerology involved in that date. And like I said, they, they were running simulation on purpose to make sure that, you know, there was so much confusion that they, it would go off. Um, but th- it's kind of like a marker where you can just say, oh, yep, there you go. You know, that's our, that's our calling card. We knew uh, what was going to happen. Um, and, some people believe that nine eleven was the... It was basically the elite's way of memorializing the entrance into the Age of Aquarius. They... Uh, basically, that was a new world order. Because you had two... You had two things. You remember, I was talking about an X. Right. So, you have duality. And then... Merge so, together. they destroyed them. Then, what did they put up? The one world trade center. One big thing. So, one world emerged. government. Instead of two. Emerge. Yeah. And, and separation. You have one. Um... And that
2: is... Uh, and then they called it the Freedom yeah. Tower. I think, they,
1: I think they read Just yeah. like the Patriot Well, it was Freedom yeah. Tower originally. You
2: know, it's good. It's Freedom Tower.
1: But, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so that essentially is his role is, you know, the technocrat thing is one part, technocrat Mars, that's definitely one of his roles. But the transhumanism aspect is the true, um,
0: that's what people are going to remember him for. Uh, well, because it's the merging again one more time of, you know, two separate into, into mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. A singularity, a cross, actually. That's right. what they call it, yeah, is it's a singularity. The they do. Is oh. when uh, cross, humans... cross, yeah. that's humans a great way and to... And crossing and crossing together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exchange. So, to, before, right before we wrap up, I wanted to make that the parallel between Rome and America. So, that we, we kind of talked earlier about how Rome had that control over its people and kind of, you know, uh, did wiped away anything historic that it wasn't, you know, in, in, in its best interest. And we've seen a lot of parallels with America doing the same. So we have that conversation that Rome never died. And I wanted you to kind of like, you know, touch on that a little bit. So, um,
2: Ro- Ro- when I say Rome never died, and I say that often, um, I, I kind of say it with a little bit of pride. Um, but Rome was literally known as the eternal city, um, and it's all uh, you've heard the expression "all roads lead back to Rome." Back to Rome yeah. um, they don't just mean that literally. Even though literally all roads in Europe, you can trace. You know, you can find any map. Uh, all these highway networks go back to Rome. Um, all le- all roads uh, lead back to Rome, including the roads of our narrative and the le- our common lexicon, the language we speak, the histories we tell, the stories we tell. At the turn at at the turn of uh, of the last age, what we we was just talking about um, uh, when it when they BC to AD, um, right before that is the most rich uh, it's antiquity, uh, the rich history in all of all of what we got. Um, That's where all of our our stories emanate from is is the dying of the Roman Republic, and. If you know anything about America, um, we are a republic, and uh, a republic is a, a democracy that's run by representatives who are elected by the people. Um, Rome, uh, Rome was a, a republic in a similar way, um, but the plebeians they didn't have. It was it was different time, you know. The, they didn't have any power um, and they didn't have any upward mobility for the most part, like the really poor people who were just going and cutting bricks all day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, there was a, a rich middle class that sort of, um, that sort of had upward mobility. And that was who, who became like the champions of tomorrow. Rome um, or Julius Caesar was, was one of these people. And, this, this whole time we've been talking about these histories, we go back, uh, uh, or, or the modern thing, and then we go back and we um, and make an allegory to something that happened in history. When I say all roads back to go back to Rome, I'm really talking about all of the stories and the narratives and um, what we can see happening and we can predict because of it um, that's happening right now. They've already happened. All of the wars that happen, they happen for the exact same reasons, and that's because human human beings are very. Uh, uh, I mean, we're pretty solved when it comes. We're a finite um, source of like inspiration. Uh, we we fight over only a couple things. We fight only the severe, only a couple over over a couple of things. And this war that's that's that we're seeing, and the reason why things are so bad and dreary and down, is the same story that's happened over and over again throughout history cycles um, patterns yeah um it's called the fourth turning um it's you've heard of it um it's the uh, uh strong times may, or good men make strong times mm-hmm. strong times make uh weak men weak men make hard times hard times make strong men right. and we are this this age that we're in right now is the fourth turning um we are we are cycling back into the the times being so rough that we have to grow up strong if we're going to survive and we will bring in, um, the good times. Um, they'll, they'll follow us. But, but I I mean, getting into Rome, like I I could talk for, I I could talk for hours on the specifics of, of Julius Caesar and, and all that, but just to make a quick, I know just a quick, a quick, a quick story, uh, to relate what's going on. Um, back to now is uh, at the fall of the Republic and it turned into an empire. What was going on was, which is uh, in star Wars too. That's what the, that oh, the prequels right. is all down.
0: They hunted all down roads. the Gnostics, all yeah. roads, all roads. They
2: all lead back to Rome. Um, and, and Rome never died. Uh, <laughs> we uh, even, even Ro- Rome itself, by the way, it changed, it changed hands a million times with the city. The, it, the power it emanated it, it never change even now the vatican is where in rome um but uh what we have going on right now uh, the the dying of a republic this happened before like one time before in history there was one superpower as great as the united states before in history and that was rome and it was a republic and it ran it ran the show of the mediterranean which is the the breadbasket of Mm -hmm. of uh, early civilization um when the republic dies, or when a government dies, the people they become fascinated with things that are, uh, I don't want to say occult, but but strange um, things that were not normal taboo during the yeah taboo uh, during the, the the good times of the republic, and they 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 you know they break this frontier. So for one of the things is this, uh, this fascination with gender um, that that we're experiencing right now, they were experiencing the same thing at the. In the death throes of the republic, and this is because people are, are desperately searching anywhere for any meaning uh, of anything. Um, but th- that's just that's just one example. And then we have like the example of the civil wars that preceded the fall of the republic, and um, the civil wars created Caesar. Caesar himself was Roman middle class. He was, his family was they were called the Equines. The Equines, if you were an Equine. Um, basically it meant that you were rich enough to afford a horse because you could afford a horse
0: like you were equestrian al- yeah equestrian again latin
2: so a yeah, semantics in latin and they're playing everything um, but yeah equine means horse people basically or equine means horse but if you're being called that or horse people um the equal, if you owned a horse, you could be in the cavalry, and because you could be in the cavalry, um, you had a fast track to officerhood, and therefore, because you could be an officer in the in the military, you had political upward mobility. So um, Caesar's family they backed a a uh, a man named Marius for, during a political um, crisis that was going on. It was Marius versus this guy Sulla. Sulla is a general; Marius is a, a sort of a politician. And Sola, he, he comes back to Rome, and he literally marches an army to the gate. Marius kills himself. Sola, inv- he doesn't really sack Rome. He, he just goes inside and takes power. And then Sola, he's desperate, or, or not desperate, he, he's a dictator, but he's um, he, with all of his authority, he's going to smash out anybody who dare crossed him or made it difficult for him to get back there or who supported Marius at all. And um, Caesar's family had supported Marius, relatively low, uh, even, even because they weren't super rich, but, um, because of this, uh, Sola instituted something called the prescriptions. The prescriptions was a state sponsored bounty program, um, where they, they literally brought up a list of names. They posted it in the forum, uh, which is a place in Rome. Uh, it's a public square, basically it's like Twitter. Um, but they put all the names on there, and then any Roman citizen—if if your name was on the prescription—any Roman citizen could kill you and your family. And if they successfully killed you and all your heirs, so you and all your male heirs, then they were entitled to fifty percent of your estate, so everything you owned. And then the other half—it's like
0: the purge, the movie, but with a bounty.
2: Right, um, and uh, the other half went to the state. So this is another one of these simultaneous queen moves on the board that does two great things at once for the people in charge. <laughs> right. What is this doing? It's eliminating all of Sulla's um, um, uh, enemies and also enriching himself. So sort of a genius move, but uh, as Sulla, you can't keep your power forever. Um, that's not the point. The point is that Caesar... Caesar's family was put on the prescriptions, and Caesar's family was murdered. Um, Caesar was put into hiding. He was 17 years old when his parents were murdered, uh, and he was put into hiding. And because of this, um, uh, he, he devoted his entire life to fighting against this established elite that would just kill people. I mean, just do the most terrible thing. I mean, he's just a boy, but... I mean, God, his parents have just been killed because they gave some political money to some mm-hmm. other guy, who's some guy who lost. So he he saw the the evils of the oligarchy. And Sola, even though he's he was a general, he was part of the political elite still. Um, and he devoted his entire life to to defanging this this beast. Um, and and so Sola ends up creating Caesar by virtue of of giving him his backstory, his, his heroic backstory or uh, his, origin bat, his story. Batman origin story. Yeah. Right? Um, and then Caesar uh, ends up, you know, uh, again, I don't want to go too deep on, on Caesar right now, but Caesar ends up galvanizing the people in such a way that, that the establishment uh, are terrified of him because that's real power. Real power is being able to influence people, um, influence hearts and minds, not just purchasing it. Um, and that's what really scared them, and so they conspired to murder Caesar. But the real point of this whole story is, is again, Caesar's a man of the people. They love him. He paid for their bread. When Caesar was murdered, his he left seventy five percent of. He's the richest man ever. He left three quarters of his wealth to every Roman citizen, the equivalent of like thirty thousand dollars. That'd be like if Trump died and you got a check for thirty thousand dollars, yeah. right? Uh, or a stimulus check, yeah. <laughs> Signed by him. Except for the money actually existed, right? It was real gold. Oh. Um, but but uh, uh, Caesar was a great man, is the point, and he 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 was actually beloved. So beloved that they had to kill him, conspire to kill him, so that they could keep their power. And then the empire fell after because now it's chaos. People love this guy, and and he dies, and uh, there's so much political turmoil and unrest that there's a civil war that cracks the Republican half and brings in this new age of governance empire, which is just real authoritarian shit. Um, But uh, later on, during the monarchy of the British Empire, which took Rome, And that's, again, why Rome never died is because it just kept changing hands to the top empire of the world. Um, uh, William Shakespeare writes the play Julius Caesar. And Julius Caesar, the play, is obviously based off of the real history that happened. But he writes Caesar, and again... um, Really quickly, William Shakespeare was funded by the British Crown. The Globe, his famous theater that you read about in high school, was uh, uh, built by the the Crown's money. And he just so happened to write um, this play, Julius Caesar, which is a, a retelling of history that paints Caesar as a tyrant paint Caesar as the bad guy. And this is probably how you learned about Caesar in school is that yep. he was, he was a tyrant and he was power hungry and nobody liked him. And mm-hmm. he did terrible atrocities. None of that is true. That's all stemmed from a William Shakespeare play, which is not fact, but it's a convenient narrative for the, the um, great power at the time of the monarchy, the people who control you to, to put out this story about somebody who should be a real hero for you. Somebody who came from the middle class who, who, just with his own wherewithal and intuition and wit, um, beat them all at their own game, um, and it's just convenient that he's misremembered in such a way.
1: Yeah, I'll just add something real quick. That um, that era is really interesting when Shakespeare was making his when he was writing his plays. One um, because at the same time that his play, Shakespeare um, English was a was a new language and it was pretty nebulous. There was you know it was a there was a combination of a bunch of different languages. So there was no grammar. There was no, um, there was no dictionary. There was no like set spelling. So for a long time, people would use Shakespeare to spell check and grammar check in English. So in a way, Shakespeare wrote in and he made, you know, people always talk about how he makes up, he made like a hundred words or whatever. Um, At the same time, under the same King, um, King James, they translated the Bible from Latin to this new English. Um, and there's evidence that the same people that wrote Shakespeare also um, wrote some of the first editions of the Bible. And mainly it's, it's Francis Bacon, um, the Rosicrucians. Basically, they, uh, in the same way that we have Hollywood, we were talking about... Um, Hollywood does have some actors like George Lucas that they put in front of everybody, but really the scripts are coming from a from a whole group. Um, that's you know uh, that I mean Hollywood from is some full other, of occultists. Yeah, Hollywood to, to is, is literally yeah. the type of wood that they made um, wands out of. The druids of of um, of Britain made <laughs> their wands so, out of. And actually, we get our is first that what it's called Hollywood? Hollywood, yeah, that's what
2: you the, make wands the, out of. The Illuminati they love to put these i think these inferences and these these little jokes i mean it's funny to me to anybody but uh, well, yeah, it's they, they, they do this intentionally yeah. and i think my theory of why they do all this is is so that they can be remembered cuz like like we we get to remember julius caesar we get to know the real history mm. or at least we hope we do um get to know the history of all these historical figures but if a lot of these guys were doing what they were doing at the time and we knew about or they people knew about it they wouldn't be popular. Everybody yeah. would hate them. So um, I think that the, these these sort of remembrances and these callbacks, I think partly it's very petty and, and egotistical on the people who are, you know, the Rockefellers or whoever who's running the show so that they can be remembered 500 years from now. as like, oh, yeah, the what hit Rockefeller are we on now? Henry the Third or...
1: Uh, I don't even know if they, there's a prominent one right now. There's definitely John D. One.
2: Rockefeller III was—he died at 101 years old after mm-hmm.
1: rumored to be multiple heart
2: transplants. So whatever Rockefeller want, we're on. Um, he wants to be remembered as the Rockefeller that that really you know did did this in his time. You know, like it, it, it's all ego. It's all it's all very simple human tendency. They're humans. They're not chaos. Oh, little, I mean, they, they, they are rags. chaos
0: magicians, but they're not anything special. Little Easter eggs. Um, yeah. So let's wrap up um, that parallel to America. So then uh, Shakespeare. Oh, so then- so
2: now we have um, now we have going on. Every
1: everybody oh, calls I did, I, just on the Shakespeare thing. The why why I brought that up was that was when the British Empire broke off from Rome. Um, it was just a. It was just. Um, it was very recent from where they broke off. Henry VIII broke off from the Roman Catholic Church. They had established their own church. Mm-hmm. They established their own language, their own culture, and that's why they wanted to paint Caesar as bad. That way it would take away oh, wow. where the, where does Rome source its authority is from Julius Caesar. They kept Jesus Christ, but they got rid of the Julius Caesar part. The other JC. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, bringing it back to modern times, bringing back this same story that keeps going on, to, to where we are right now um, a lot of people have this idea of Trump that Trump is is Caesar and I I don't think Trump is Caesar at all it doesn't make sense in the timeline I think that it's like a sort of a really low-hanging fruit to call Trump Caesar uh, because Trump is, like, like by the people I guess is mm-hmm. is the, populist yeah he's a pop and that's what Caesar was all of his um, all of his policies are popular he did uh, public works projects he did feeding the people you know this is like an actual like solid guy um, and and Trump is is similar but I I think Trump is is much more the sola um, in in relating uh, he he's he's very fiery and he he he's not tactful and he's 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 loved, but he's not loved like Caesar was. He's not uh, the establishment hates him, but the establishment hated Sola. That's why they were backing Marius in the first place, Mm. but they had to sort of accept it because he brought an army to their gates. Um, uh, Sola Trump Trump is like Sola because what Trump has done in his influence, whether good or bad, again Sola Sola made Caesar. I think. Trump is making the American Caesar, um, and just just by through the osmosis of the chaos that's going on of this this, this civil war that nobody wants to really talk about. It's always oh hey, there's going to be another civil war. Now we we're <laughs> fighting one right now. It's just we don't fight the same as we did in World War II. That's a good point. Um, the civil war that's going on right now is absolutely creating the American Caesar and there will be somebody that is going to galvanize the people to to completely uh cut the uh, cut the oligarchy to shreds or sh- be able to shred them so much so that they have to kill him uh, uh like Ke- I think Kennedy would have been a better uh, idea of a uh, modern Caesar, Caesar than, than right, Trump yep. um, but my, my point is, it's just historically through the, the the cycles, it all aligns that it, within these next thirty years, there there will be there will be the uh,
0: strong man mm-hmm. made strong uh, uh,
2: strong made uh, strong man made strong by the weak times that we're in now, and that that strong man will be the one that they will have to um, really contend with, and they won't be able to contend with him. Um, they they're gonna they're gonna lose their standing and somewhat, uh, just like the the emperors got final say over the oligarchy of Rome back then. The next chosen one, the next chosen. One. Yeah. Well it's probably must so, to be honest, so. but he can't be elected <laughs> well, there's two president. Two so. there's
1: two JCs. So um, so here's my take on that. Um, is you know we talked about the two JC's before. So you have Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ giving the religion and the kind of philosophy basis. And then you have Caesar, the military and the physical political leadership Um, to compare. This is the reason why I like to compare Trump to Caesar is because the um, Caesar, when Caesar started the Roman civil war, he was voted out of power on January the 7th, 49 BC. And then he, crossed the Rubicon. He didn't cross the Rubicon with his military, and that essentially started the um, Roman Civil War. Rubicon River um, up in uh, North Italy where you can't, uh, th- there was a law you can't cross back with your military because they didn't want to.
2: You were like, no uh, longer on campaign, therefore you were no. You, you couldn't be at the head of an army. If you were, you're considered an enemy of the state. So well, the Rubicon correct. is an actual border that meant something to the, it's not just like, oh, he crossed the, Rubicon. You know, people say that a lot, but it's.
1: So um, the thing is, Trump was voted out of power on January 7th, 2021, only because of the insurrection. If the insurrection wouldn't have happened, he would have been voted out of power on January 6th. The idea of, this goes back to King James and Shakespeare and Francis Bacon, was, um this concept, which you might be familiar with, for V for Vendetta. Have you seen that movie? Of course, sir. Uh, so in that more, movie, an more, authoritarian right? government creates a pandemic um, to get more authoritarian control, and then the movie ends by a group of people being led by a guy with a that goes an anonymous character goes by a single letter Q. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant V. Um, <laughs> and then they the march on the capital. So. That movie is based off of, and they're saying, remember, remember the 5th of November, where the chance six was saying, basically, remember the 3rd of November. Um, but when that movie was based off of this Guy Fox story, which happened under King James at the same time. And the idea with the Guy Fox story is that he was going to, it's called the dynamite plot. He was going to blow up the parliament building. Here's the thing. And once that happened, then King James used it to crack down, control, take away power from Parliament and from his detractors, and gain more authoritarian control. Here's the thing: that story was fake. It was a false flag. The same, um, the story that V for Vendetta was based off of. That eventually talking about chaos, magic, predictor programming. That Jan 6 was then the manifestation of. Mm-hmm. Was originally based off of a guy, uh, a false plot made up by Shea, or Francis King Bacon, King James, and and uh, that cohort of Rosicrucians, most accurately, um, because uh, it, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same Rosicrucians thing. Are and Templars, uh, right? uh, they're they're associated. Yeah, the yeah. Rose Cross, and and that's uh, that concept came first from uh, Templars going to. Um, uh, going on crusades and bringing back esoteric knowledge from the Middle East, but but that's why I think of uh, that's why I think it is accurate to say Trump is a is a Caesar. And there's also predictive programming. Um, yeah, there's a book written in uh, 1898. I think they called, want you to think he's Caesar. Called the Last President. I think um, so. And the the book features a guy named Don. It features. Um, it, he, a guy named Don who lives on Fifth Avenue in in New York City. And <laughs> oh, when, bro, he elected, so when he gets elected, when uh, he gets elected, the, an, the anti fascist um protest and break shit. Oh. And then the movie ends with him doing one final good thing. Then the Capitol explodes. And literally in the book, it says a huge, a single eye rises over the ashes of the, the Capitol, all, the, which the is the All Seeing Eye. Yeah, the All
0: Seeing Eye. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, to I, your previous point, um, wasn't uh, Alan Moore, I think, is a creator, right? Of V, mm-hmm. V Friend, he was also a practitioner of, or a student or whatever. Of, of Alistair, Alistair, Alistair Crowley, Crowley. yep. Yeah.
1: He was a Crowley uh, student and, um,
2: they all went to Hogwarts. The together. other, all went to Hogwarts together. One of the other, other. Yeah. they all ended up making uh, pop culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I think they want, want you to th- think that Trump is Caesar, though. I think they want you, I, I, and I, by you, I mean the the masses, because mm. they want to um, subdue the tendency of the the population to, that, that might produce the the Caesar. They're they're trying to hedge their bet. That's my psy up. The psy up. Yes. Yeah. Because like when you when you start involving yourself with all these like plots and like you said at the like start of the podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, um, when you get into propaganda or you have to eventually like propagandize the propaganda or you have to Mm -hmm. have a conspiracy theory for the conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. it's the same. That's that's the same sort of thing. It's like they 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 fear. What's that? uh, What's that saying? You fear the. uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. But they fear it so much uh, that that they're trying to to stop it, uh, you know, before it happens. Like that's that's why they watch you. That's why they they give you these these powerful little devices so that they can have everything you know, everything you are, everything you think, everything Tract, you, yeah, you your location, all of it, so that they can nip you in the bud if you ever become a problem
0: before you're a big enough problem to actually mess with them. This is. F- fucking wild. <laughs> like we went down the rabbit hole and actually reached Wonderland type shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, yep, that's uh, <laughs>
0: <It's> not, too, <laughs> not too wonderful, is it? Un-Wonderland. Un-
1: yeah. un- that that book itself is uh Alice in Wonderland in itself is a is a rabbit hole and the uh yeah, the whole the whole concept of uh in Chinese astrology 2023 is a as the year of the rabbit. Uh-huh. And in uh in Endgame, which oh, I'm surprised I didn't bring this up, in Avengers Endgame, in the movie universe, it takes place in 2023. Mm-hmm. Not only that, and that's when they time travel. That's They time travel and they fix their universe in 2023 and to defeat Thanos, and that's when Iron Man sacrifices himself. Um, in X-Men, which is also made by Stan Lee, same guy who wrote Iron Man and was in every, every Marvel movie up until Endgame because he died before... The king was killed.
2: Um, Game ended a little quicker for him.
1: <laughs> but uh, he, um, anyways, X-Men, there's a X men I think it's Days of Future Past, another time travel superhero movie, also takes place in 2023. So, oh, also Matrix, 1999, was also a, a cat slash uh, it, cat. It's cat in Vietnamese astrology, uh, rabbit in... Um, yeah, my girl you told me it was and, a cat.
2: My girlfriend really got me with that one. Well, no, yeah. I was so like, it's, Yeah, it's, you're a cat, and she's like, I'm a rabbit. I was like, No, no, no. 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 My buddy knows you're a cat. No, and then yeah, no, I no, looked no, it up no, and it's no, a no. rabbit. I was like, Oh fuck, Drew. No, no, no I'm, it's just,
1: I'm just kidding. Trilogy. It's because yeah, yeah. it's different. No, I know, I, I know, I it's, figured it's it out. It's more accurate. But um, <laughs> but yeah, The Matrix, also nineteen ninety nine movie, and in that movie both rats and cats are important. The rabbit hole. The movie starts with, "Oh, go down the rabbit hole." Yeah. Uh, you want to see how deep right. the rabbit hole goes? Yeah. And then black cats are used to their signs that the matrix is being glitched. Right. Yeah. In. Deja yep. vu. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's crazy. When's another dog here, by the way? When do we get our shot? Oh, we're fucked, bro. We're next fucked. year's
1: the next year's the dragon year, and we're getting our we're getting blown out. Unfortunately, Yikes. It's literally it's the worst. Bro, year out of this. The oh, all
2: right. Yeah, well, buckle we'll, up. Listen we'll to this podcast <laughs> so I can
0: enjoy the rest of the, uh, you're the rabbit. Thank you so much for coming and making my head fucking spin. I don't <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna get some sleep tonight, but this is fucking wild. Thank you so much for coming on. Plug your plugs. Where can people find you? If you want to be found. Awesome. No, yeah, so
1: look. uh <laughs> um at Drew Tang Reborn on uh on Twitter. D-R-U-T-A-N-G-R-E-B-O-R-N. And uh and, yeah, check me out there. That's basically it. Uh,
2: my, inst- uh, my Insta and Twitter are the same. It's uh, Coopersa. It's C-O-O-O-P-U-R-S-A. Um, and I'll have some some threads about Roman history coming out on Twitter as well as, like, sort of equating it to the, the, the modern times. And then also I'm starting a, uh, if you're local here in South, uh, Miami, South Beach, starting a chess club. So I'll have that on there as well. Come uh, come join It'll be uh, cool if you're a beginner, intermediate, but uh, you got to learn what they're doing. You got to see what's going on so that you can make the best moves for yourself and navigate this crazy chaos magic that we all have to live under. Shameless
0: plug. I love it. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> as always uh, As I said earlier Please like, subscribe, share, comment Do all the things And maybe you'll catch us next year In the You the Dragon If we all survive To yeah. yeah. so, uh, make a part two to all this Thank you for having me Of course me. Awesome Have you guys a good day awesome. <laughs> Let's go That's us good Alright all right. Yeah, just like, hey, I'm Drew. Hey, I'm
1: Cooper. If you want to tune into it, what else was I to say? Got it. All right, I'll count you in. Hey, I'm Drew, and uh, yeah, we're we're, uh, talking about some wild concepts today. Uh, Why Elon Musk renamed Twitter X and uh, what his uh, ultimate uh, goals are
2: at the same time sorry yeah, oh uh hey uh <laughs> let's not let's do it that again that. <laughs> all right okay. my bad i'm sorry so yeah you, you, you can um i you. oh okay cool, cool. yeah i thought i thought you were gonna do <laughs> sa- i thought they were separate i'm sorry four, five, four, three, two. how we doing i'm cooper thanks for uh how we doing? I'm Cooper. Tune into what Josue has to say. We're being magically, magically chaotic, uh, talking about conspiracies from 2000 all the way back to when time began.